0: Welcome, everyone, to the Mightiest Podcast in the Nine Realms Metas and Mutants. I am Tombstone, the Dead Man, and this is my fellow Avenger, Super Psy Guy. What up? What's good, Super Side Guy. Uh,
1: you know, was uh, playing some Lego Marvel Superheroes the other day. Were you indeed? Good fun. <laughs> Had some good fun with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm about to. Get, I'm about to get into a little bit of that myself. I just got to install it. Um, but yeah. yeah. I'm about to jump on that. Also, I took the opportunity the other day when I had a little break in what I was doing to read uh, the Iron Man, Doctor Doom, um, King in Black thing. Yeah, pretty serious. That was so good. Pretty serious, right? Pretty serious. I mean, this is the thing that confused me about it, though. So. We already know that Santa Santa Claus does exist in the Marvel Universe, unless they've retconned him out. But he No, was, I'm sure he
1: still exists.
0: Yeah, and in the story, they seem confused. Level
1: mutant. Right? Yeah, because they're like. Well, how many times do people outside of mutants interact with him? That's true,
0: and because even um, <laughs> Doom. Thought he was he could have been a sorcerer supreme, which is not out of the realm of possibility, considering all the stuff that he can do, just to, just stuff that we know of, you know. But yeah, I thought it, I thought, but I liked the most about it, the, the um the story was their interaction between Stark and Doom. That I think that's that's my favorite my favorite duo. Frederick yeah is, is is iron man and, and
1: even, even though doom's kind of gone evil again oh yeah oh yeah oh believe me he, he still has that respect for stark that mm-hmm. he doesn't for most people and again he's kind of addressed that he's yeah. one of those guys who he recognizes his own flaws yep and then just takes a stand for what he wants to do anyways and if he didn't he wouldn't have had like civil war
0: <laughs> exactly exactly no, it's a, it's a pretty cool little one shot and um, it includes enough of what's happening with the King in Black to keep it like kind of, you know, relevant and also it let me know that I'm missing certain stories because I looked at that armor that um the, the symbiote that Tony had on, on his armor and was like, wait a minute, I'm drawing a blank on how that, how he got that. So now I know I gotta go back and I gotta read some more and I also, um, surprisingly, I, I, I missed Thor. It was that issue 10. I missed that for some reason. And I went back to read it, and man, uh, Donald Blake is on a goddamn rampage. <laughs> don, yeah. Don, 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 Donald Blake is... He's
1: kind of gone corrupt. He's, with he's gone, yeah.
0: evil. And after reading it, I, and I'm realizing how he was able to do the things he could do in that, Like he literally took on the entire Asgardian army and beat the crap out of him. And then as you can see, it wasn't it, even close. It wasn't even close. I mean, he dominated and we're talking some serious heavy hitters here. Serious heavy hitters. Then he snatched Odin's enchantment out of beta Ray bill. And I'm looking going, what the fuck? How is he doing all of this? And then later on in the story, it explains um, he first starts snatching power from the World Serpent. He took his World Serpent is pretty much for all intents and purposes a dragon, right? So he killed killed the World Serpent and took his power, and he already has Thor's power. So and Thor's, that's when I found out the first explanation of why that Mjolnir isn't working right. Because something about Thor's magic is broken. And I don't know how they're going to address that, where where they're going to go with that. But I do know, I should have realized that him becoming an all-father, they were going to give him a handicap. Because if you look at the way Odin... See, they didn't have to use Odin all the time. Odin wasn't always involved in, in, in as many stories as Thor would be in. So they could keep him uber powerful and only really nerf him when necessary for the, for the plot demands. But with Thor, he's a popular member of the Avengers. He's going to be in the Avengers books. He has uh, uh, his own comic book line. Mm, Having him in an all father means you're going to have a hard time finding things that can challenge him. If we're scaling him up to Odin, you know, so so I should have known they were going to do that. So I don't know where they're going to go with his magic being broken. But what I'm hoping they don't do is by virtue of his magic being broken, that it's something that's not repairable. And then he remains nerfed like that, just so it makes it easier for them to find challenges for him. Because that would actually suck. But um, I always have said, there are characters I've seen in DC comics, and even the Marvel to such an extent, that are so powerful. Like, take Superman. Superman is so goddamn powerful. They always, yet they find a way to challenge him. So don't nerf my guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just because you having problems finding somebody to create some people, you know. That's all. And look, Man is not off the table. I still don't believe he's dead. I think he's coming back. yeah that's been pretty oh and and also um this uh new year's well actually we started before new years a couple days before new years me and my kids started binging um the mcu in the chronological order of events
1: right oh yeah I've, i've
0: done that so the thing that's crazy about doing it that way is even though i've seen most of these movies multiple times but when you watch it like that you get a better appreciation of what Marvel was trying to do, even with the flaws that they have in the timeline, but, but you get an appreciation of it, you know, and we are, we are, I think we stopped at, uh, uh, Infinity War and Endgame, right? So, I'm gonna wait till she gets back. because She had to babysit her, um, her little brother for this week. You know the, the kids still ain't going to school here in Merlin. Um, yeah, she so had to babysit her, 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 her little brother. So when she gets back here on the weekend, we're gonna finish up with that. But that to me is the best way to watch it. Like, sure, you may have a craving for an individual movie here and there, but if you really want to get the best bang uh, out of that story, that collect those collection of stories, just go and watch it chronological order because it just it just seemed a lot more epic that way.
1: And you start seeing how some of these things have been tied together as yep. well.
0: absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Like, if you, if you watch them in phase order and everything else, you'll still notice it, but, mm-hmm. like, some of them become far more pronounced. Absolutely. When you absolutely. do that, like, you start seeing like the end of Captain Marvel when Fury looks at the picture and
0: right. changes the
2: name of the initiative <laughs> right. to,
1: uh, um, the Avengers initiative after seeing the name of Carol's plane. Right. It's like the Avenger, right?
0: Right. Um, I, it's just, I don't know, man. Like it's a, it's a good, it, and it's, it's a great bonding time too. So if you got uh, kids or, or or significant other, or even just your friends and y'all, you know, is it's just dope. If they're fans of, of that particular IP, the way we are, yeah you will enjoy it better that way. And it's about goddamn time that Disney, um, Disney plus put them in, in in the different playlist. Depend you know, going off of what people, how they desire to watch it. So they have them in playlists that are broken off by phases, you know, but then they have it in that playlist where it's just chronological order. And then they have it in another playlist, I think where it's um, order of release
1: right yeah phase order
0: yeah so like again I'm glad they finally did that it makes it a lot more convenient to do because I tried to do it before but it just was a, one big pain in the ass looking at the list on my, on, on my computer Go, okay I gotta watch this like that nah this way it just you start and it keeps going it just keeps going yeah so it's pretty dope definitely something to do um but anyway Uh, actually, I'm not going to tell them what this episode is actually about until we get there. How about that? All right. Let's do do the news. I'll let you get the first one.
1: Okay. HBO Max reportedly wants Ben Affleck back for Justice League two and three.
0: Get the hell out of here.
1: Which is funny because last week we talked about that article, (laughs) how uh, the president of The Warner Brothers DC Films branch basically Said the Snyder version was a dead end (laughs) So we'll see Ben Affleck is already poised To set a live action Batman record When he suits up for a fourth time In the Flash Hmm. But if recent reports are to be believed Then Warner Brothers seem desperate to have him Stick around as the DCEU's Grizzled Dark Knight for a whole lot Longer It was surprising enough that the actor agreed to return to the role, having initially retired to the cape and cowl. Yeah. But now that he's back and the multiverse is soon to be in play, we could be seeing a lot more of the 48-year-old's caped crusader, as well as the upcoming Snyder Cut of Justice League and the Flash Warner Brothers parent company, AT&T, have leaned heavily into the speculation that they want Affleck to finally get around to making his version of the Batman. While talking, uh. while talk of an HBO Max limited series that could also feature Jared Leto's Joker has been doing the rounds as well.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Not only that, but tipster Mikey Sutton is claiming that the studio is so confident of the all-new version of Justice League will be a success that they're pursuing the or actively pursuing the idea of a further two sequels.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Slow down, Corky. Now we just saw a major fail with wonder woman y'all yeah. extra confident right now
1: i don't know yeah but obviously batman is a key member of the team and it is said that the hbo max would like affleck to remain on board for the whole trilogy with the next two outings following the precedent set by the snyder cut and adopting an episodic format rather than being feature films the news that Wonder Woman 1984 will be debuting on the streaming service the same day it hits theater only reinforces the notion that the platform will be established as the home of exclusive and high-profile DCEU content, with a slew of TV shows set to be in a shared universe already in the works. Mm-hmm. So this article is a bit older. It, it did come out before Wonder Woman 1984. Did.
0: Yeah, but it's not like a month.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah Eh,
0: Listen You know me man I'm all for more comic book content It's literally my favorite genre in films And I'm glad I can finally say It's a genre in films However Yeah
1: (laughs) And again I'm actually a fan of the Affleck version of Batman Me too I think he did really good there Absolutely Absolutely But I am not a fan of the Snyder cut (laughs) as a whole. The Snyderverse. (laughs) Like, the other Snyder version of movies didn't appeal to me all that much. Mm -hmm. So, having another two more movies on top of this. Well, not even movies. If they're doing episodic, it's going to be the same. It's going to basically be four hours each, right? Yep. I don't know if that's something that's really going to appeal to me. <laughs> and if I watch it, it'll mostly be to see how Affleck handles it.
0: Yeah, true. And, and, and hopefully you'll be pleasantly surprised that they, they got it right. The feel right. But I, I, I listen, I am not, I am not full of confidence right now. After saying wonder woman, I'm not, I'm just not, it's making me feel the way about the rest of it. Like, y'all sure y'all get it so we thought y'all would get it after the fail we thought y'all was getting it when we saw you come out with a couple of movies that was okay and then you kind of went back (laughs) like you kind of went back so you know again I don't know we will have to wait and see um so uh, next step some more bad news. Wonder Woman 3 is given the green light with Patty Jenkins still at the helm. Yeah, so Diana Prince is officially heading back to the big screen for a third Wonder Woman movie. Warner Brothers has fast-track development on another installment in the DC Comics franchise, with Gal Gadot returning to star as the title heroine and Patty Jenkins back to write and direct the concluding entry in the superhero trilogy. Now, this is just my humble opinion, but I'm really starting to advocate for maybe some movies don't need three. Duo. Instead of a trilogy, you just have a duo, those two movies. Like, we've seen enough,
1: (laughs) or even maybe, maybe if it's not working out with the director so well,
0: Uh, change
1: the director. I mean, that is because let's be honest, Wonder Woman is a character where there is a lot you can do there. Yeah, come on, dude. There is a whole lot you can do There really is and I don't feel like But don't be afraid to do like What they did with the Thor movies Right They replaced the director after the second one Mm -hmm. Because the first one was Decent second one Was not very good And they're like you know what let's try a different Direction they did it with the Captain America movies even though the first Two were actually fairly good I hated the first one No
0: I, I, I changed my mind Yeah I hated it in the movie theaters. When I watch it, like, at, from home, I love it. I can't yeah, play and then the second play.
1: one was a hit, but they decided ultimately they needed to take it in a different direction, mm-hmm. and they replaced the director for the third one. Mm-hmm. And that gave us Civil War. And, it, and if they kept the same director, I really don't think Agreed. Civil War would have played out as well. Okay. So maybe change the director up. Cause yeah. this is a this is a major character and if you are building a DC universe you have to you have her Wonder Woman. you
0: have to have Wonder Woman in there
1: so maybe change the director go a different direction with it
0: yeah. Um, sorry Patty but it's, I don't think this is working out um now it says the announcement comes on the heels of the release of Wonder Woman 1984. the studio superhero sequel that debuted on a company streaming service and then select movie theaters on Christmas Day. Warner Brothers said the third Wonder Woman movie will have a traditional theatrical release. As fans around the world continue to embrace Diana Prince, driving the strong opening weekend performance of Wonder Woman 1984, we are excited to be able to continue our story with our real-life Wonder Woman gal and Patty. Who will, re- who will return to conclude the long planned theatrical trilogy, said Warner Brothers chief Toby Emmerich. Um goes on to say, though many opted to watch Wonder Woman 1984 at home, the film still generated surprisingly robust ticket sales, at least for pandemic times. Wonder Woman 1984 collected $16.7 million from 2,100 North American theaters, the best opening weekend to date in the coronavirus era. In terms of HBO Max viewers, the studio said nearly half of the platform's retail subscribers watched the film on Friday, with millions more viewing through cable or wireless access. HBO Max, which launched in May, had 12.6 million active users as of early December. Wonder Woman 84 broke records and exceeded our expectations across all of our key viewing and subscriber metrics in its first 24 hours on the service, and the interest and momentum we're seeing indicates this will likely continue well beyond the weekend, said Andy Forsell, head of Warner, Warner Media's Director Consumer Business. During these very difficult times, it was nice to give families the option of enjoying this uplifting. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> uh, let me try that again. It was nice to give families the option of enjoying this. (laughs) I'm sorry, it's just so bad. It's so bad. Um, This uplifting film at home, where theater viewing wasn't an option. Nothing is known yet about the final chapter in the Wonder Woman trilogy, the sequel, which had been delayed numerous times amid the pandemic. Starred Christian Wig as the villainous Cheetah. Pedro Pascal as the over-the-top businessman Max Lord, and Chris Pine as Diana's love interest Steve Trevor. The production timeline for Wonder Woman 3 is also unclear. Godot and Jenkins have Cleopatra and... Deve- what? Alright, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> have Cleopatra and development at Paramount. The historical drama on the legendary Queen of Egypt... Godot's, Godot's Wonder Woman will next be seen in Zack Snyder's four putt cart, cut of Justice League due on HBO Max in 2021. Jenkins is also set to direct the new Star Wars
1: movie. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. That's not important. Star Wars fans are never happy.
0: <laughs> well, good point. That's a good it, doesn't, point. It, doesn't it doesn't matter if it's good. They were never going to be happy. That's a so. fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. Um, yeah, that uh, the movie's titled Rogue Squadron, the film slated for Christmas twenty twenty three, will follow Pilots in the Galaxy Far Far Away.
1: Um So I have a few issues with this, mostly involving them directing a Cleopatra movie.
0: Yeah, and that I mean, has I mean, yeah, that, you know you notice how that stop, that, that stop right?
1: That has stuff that uh we're not gonna talk about on the show. No, but no. there are reasons that I am definitely skeptical about
0: I that. Am so skeptical. That's why. That's why I stopped. Like, really? That's what they're doing. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. This. This. This is rife for being a shit show. I'm L- telling less,
1: you. Less with to do with Jenkins on nope. that one. Nope. Yeah. Nope. J- Jenkins' issues is going to be the Star Wars one. <laughs> which again, no Star Wars fan was. No matter what movie it is, yeah. the Star Wars fandom is always split in half on they're fantastically in love with this movie, this series, this prequel, this sequel, this one. Yeah. And I absolutely hate everything about it. Don't you dare suggest it was good. It shouldn't even be counted as real canon. Yeah, yeah. They fight and they fight over that shit. N- no one trashes Star Wars more than Star Wars
0: fans. <laughs>
1: But man, that's that's gonna be a wild time to watch the news outlets. You know, I was about
0: to say that that's gonna be an interesting time in pop culture. it, it is, man. Right? Like I I, like, I can't can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, so what's the next story?
1: Next up we have Joseph Gordon-Levitt rumored to have contact with Marvel Studios. Oh, Robin! In, in that one movie, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> uh-huh. The thing is, is he's actually a really good actor. I'm he a is. fan of him in his movies. So, he absolutely is. but he's also he's also recently taken on roles as director. Marvel slate for 2021 through 2020.
0: So, God damn it! For some reason, my comic book. Uh, uh, website is not muted.
1: (laughs) Of course it
0: is.
1: (laughs) So actor and filmmaker, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has made contact with the creatives at Marvel Studios. According to a new report, Gordon-Levitt starred in Christopher Nolan directed Inception and reunited with the director in The Dark Knight Rises, where he played Gotham city police officer, John Robin Blake. The 39-year-old actor starred in another comic book adaptation when he played the gambler Johnny in Frank Miller's Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, and most recently played a super-powered character in Netflix's movie Project Power. As a filmmaker, Gordon Levitt directed himself and Black Widow starred Scarlett Johansson in his 2013 directorial debut, Don John. Which was, from what I hear, actually, a really good movie. Oh, yeah? I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. Right. Uh, according to insider Charles Murphy, Gordon Levitt has recently been in contact with at least one of the creatives at the Kevin Feige-led Marvel Studios via Murphy's Multiverse. It's unclear from the report if that contact is the beginning of a potential role or possibly a creative role behind the camera. Really? so it's not necessarily as a as an actor but also potentially as a director okay or who knows both yeah in recent years gordon levitt has been rumored for such roles as star lord's star lord in 2014's guardians of the galaxy ultimately going to chris pratt scott lang in 2015's ant-man going to paul rudd and Stephen Strange in 2016. No, Dr. No, Strange. No, y'all bugging. Now, I can see That, that Star- one I don't see. I can see him I can see him, see him as Scott Lang yeah, as well.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: Dr. Strange, I don't think he quite had it. I think the minute, like, all those lists came out of potential actors and Benedict Cumberbatch was on it, I think everybody, everybody was going yeah, everybody. <laughs> I don't think I know a single person who didn't think Cumberbatch was getting that yeah,
0: one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: true. But despite longstanding rumors that the Nolan universe would continue after Dark Knight Rises with Gordon Levitt taking over as the new Batman, a Joseph Gordon-Levitt-led Batman spin off never materialized at DC. Nope. <laughs> Earlier this year, Gordon-Levitt said during a Reddit Q&A that he likes how Nolan's Batman trilogy has a conclusion. Hmm. Basically nixing any rumor of him yeah. returning to that role.
0: Yeah, he killed it right there.
1: Murphy speculates Gordon Levitt could have met with Marvel over its rebooted Fantastic Four officially announced by Fige, during a reveal-heavy Disney Investor Day presentation earlier. Sony Marvel's Spider-Man trilogy director John Watts will helm the reboot that has not set an announced cast or release date. Hmm. Along with a 10-title slate released through 2021, Future Marvel Studios projects include a third Ant-Man and sequels to Captain Marvel and Guardians 3. Titles without release dates include feature films Fantastic Four and Marishala Ali's lead Blade, uh, Blade reboot. Can't wait for that. As well as big budget Disney Plus series Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Secret Invasion, Iron Heart, and Armor Wars. It's going to be dope. Gordon Levitt stars in Thriller (laughs) 7,500, now streaming on Amazon Prime, and plays Richard Schultz in The Trial of the Chicago 7, streaming on Netflix. Hmm. So he's also not out of touch with acting. Nah, nah, nah. He's still acting. He's still getting work. It's it's very fair that he could be going for either role or possibly both. Yeah. Maybe even going for a role and, like, an assistant director or something.
0: Yeah. I mean... We will have to wait and see what, how it shakes out. I'm am pretty sure a lot of actors get in contact with um, Kevin Feige, and it's just a matter of time before they find them something in there. But what I like about that though is it 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 tells me that the comic book genre, whether you like it or don't like it, is here to stay. <laughs> you know People see it as viable. They they all trying to get their little make their mark in it. I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm here for it. So the finals, <laughs> the final story. <sighs> Once again, a little Ray Ray. Ray Fisher is now saying he will refuse to work for DC Films as long as Walter Hamada is president. Yeah. So Justice, Justice League star <laughs> and all around, uh, uh, like a friend to the show.
1: <laughs> we got to start giving this guy an official credit. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Ray Fisher says he will not work on any film associated with DC films, president Walter Hamada in the wake of Warner media's investigation into the alleged misconduct on the superhero film set. The announcement appears to effectively end Fisher's brief tenure as the DC superhero cyborg after the release of Zack Snyder's four-hour director's cut of Justice League, HBO Max, of course. Um, Walter Hamada is the most dangerous kind of enabler, Fisher tweeted on Wednesday. He lies. And, and Warner Brothers PR failed September 4th hit piece sought to undermine the very real issues of the Justice League investigation. I will not participate in any production associated with that nerd. Well he didn't say that, but I'm saddened. that um, Hamada became president of DC films in 2018 after Justice League's first debuted debuted in theaters to lackluster reviews and box office returns. Fisher's tweet also included a link to a recent New York Times interview with Hamada about the future of DC Films, which referred to Snyder's expanded version of Justice League as a storytelling cul-de-sac with with no connection to upcoming projects and noted that Snyder is not currently involved in the studio's future. A representative for Warner Brothers declined to comment, Representatives for Fisher did not respond to requests to a request for comment. On the evening of December 11th, Warner Media released a statement saying the Justice League investigation was concluded after looking into Fisher's claims that director Josh Whedon participated in unspecific misconduct on set, and producers Jeff Johns and John Berg enabled the alleged behavior. Warner Media said that remedial action has been taken but declined to provide further details when pressed by by Variety. The September 4th hit piece that Fisher referred to was a statement from Warner Brothers that Fisher refused to meet with the third-party investigators, a claim that he denied. The studio's statement followed a tweet from, from Fisher in which the actor alleged Hamada attempted to throw Josh Whedon and John Berg under the bus in hopes that I would relent on Jeff Johns. Uh, a claim the studio also has denied. Uh, Fisher first made his accusation public in July, and the Warner Media investigation began in August. On Twitter, the Cyborg actor shared that the company sent him a statement after the investigation ended, which said, and I quote, Warner Media appreciates you having the courage to come forth, Lord Ray Ray. And assist the company with creating an inclusive and equitable work environment for its employees and partners. Just not you. There are still conversations that need to be had and resolutions that need to be found, he added. Despite Fisher's multiple public statements and tweets regarding the investigation and Justice League, he's declined to state specific details about his allegations. Gal Godot, who played one woman in Justice League and her two standalone films, told Variety that she was interviewed as part of WarnerMedia's investigation. I know that they've done a very thorough investigation, even just by how much time I spent with them, she said on Variety's The Big Ticket Podcast. She added that she didn't know what the remedial action that was taken entailed, adding, I'm curious to know what's going to be the outcome. You aren't alone in that. I am curious as well, but this at the very least appears to be a period at the end of the ray fisher sentence over there at justice league and i still have a feeling that we're going to hear from <laughs> ray ray <again. laughs>
1: this oh, ain't yeah. over <laughs> and i remember uh when i actually linked you this article before this show uh huh I did tell you, I was kind of of two minds about this, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's like, one, Ray Fisher has never worked for a company outside of Warner Brothers in Hollywood. That's a fact. Everything he's, and DC is owned by Warner Brothers. Yep, yep. And this itself was supposed to be his big breakout role. Mm Mm-hmm. So refusing to do this is a risky move especially given that Walter Hamada was not president of DC Films right. when all this stuff started going down. Right. He was brought in to be president after the old one after they fired the old one because of partly because of how badly Justice League flopped, but also the negative receptions of Suicide Squad, Mm -hmm. Batman vs. Superman, Mm -hmm. and the first rumblings of complaints about Joss Whedon. Right. So they already fired the guy in charge of a lot of these decisions. Yeah. He was gone. And like, yes, Walter Hamada did oversee the investigation involving the private investigator, but we've mentioned it in a previous episode, because... When this first came up, it was the private investigator that Ray Fisher wanted. They went out of their way to hire the one he specifically requested. And now he's making complaints that it didn't come to the conclusion. That he <laughs> but I do have to give him credit. He's he's standing his ground. He's yeah. sticking to his guns. He's sticking to his convictions. And whether or not it's as bad as he says it is or not. Like I said, a lot of the stuff is backed up and verified right. by multiple people. So it's like, yes, some of it is absolutely valid complaints, as well as the ones that are just, dude, that's a bullshit complaint. Shut the fuck up. Right, right. Like, booyah. I'm just, I'm not going to let that one go. <laughs> I'm not letting that one go. <laughs> and you shouldn't. And, you know, but, and, I'm with you with that. And, and like, that, that's a bullshit complaint. But still, give them credit for standing up. Well, and I agree, you know, sticking to his guns, he's not backtracking, changing his opinion, he's not changing his stances, and he's not He's, back, he's, not he's sticking to his guns. So, you know, you have to give him props for that. Well, and I going so far as literally risking his career, career yeah,
0: because we don't it, know what he's gonna do after he might not he might get it, blackballed, you know,
1: yeah, he very well might because he's only worked for Warner brothers before. Mm-hmm. And if he's causing this much problem, the minute he gets a big time role, like He'll a be breakout role, yep. He'll be how many, how mm-hmm. many other studios are going to be like, do I really want to take the risk of him? Not worth the trouble doing this. Yeah. Is this worth the trouble? So,
0: I mean, I, we'll, we'll see how this we'll plays out. If
1: things change,
0: but I will say this to quote another, um, comic book, uh, legend when the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move your job is to plant yourself like a tree by the river of truth and tell the whole world no you move <laughs> yeah Cap Cap showed you the way a long time ago so I guess he's taking Cap's advice <laughs> yeah no you
1: move yeah <laughs>
0: But again, like I said... Or
1: Carter's uh, advice if it's the movie universe.
0: That's true. That's true. We, we will... I am pretty... I'm fairly sure we will hear from uh, Brother Ray Ray again. Um, depending on, you know, what he goes how to next. So how out. things play out. But we're going to hear from him again. But anyway, that there is the news, And on to the main topic of today's episode. So... One of the common complaints, right, that you hear from people that are really invested in the source material of comic books when it comes to these movies is how a lot of the characters are too different from their source material counterparts. So today we decided to take a handful of these characters and just, you know, do a little juxtaposition on the differences between their comic book counterpart versus the movie version. Um, I'm going to let you start there. Um, Super Saiyan. All right.
1: So first up, I'm going to start with one that hasn't necessarily had the most important role in the movies he's been in, mm-hmm. but he's always played a key role. Right. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that is M'Baku. It's challenge day. (laughs) It is challenge day. So, in the comic universe, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. M'Baku's straight up a villain. Yeah. He is not a hero by any means, even though he has led Wakanda in brief spurts. Right, right, right. He has been known to work as a mercenary. He's been known to... He's worked with... The Lethal Legion, the Masters of Evil, the Villains for Hire. Mm -hmm. Like, he has worked with guys who are definitively bad guys. Yep. On a regular basis. He's worked with Ulysses Claw,
0: Who's a bastard. Yep.
1: Who is, you know, probably one of the biggest villains in Wakanda. Yeah. Or the Wakandan history, even though he's not Wakandan. Right. And You know, one of the things it is, is like he has the power of the white gorilla. He goes by the... Because every leader of the tribes in the comics, Mm -hmm. they all worship different gods. Right. Black Panther and his tribe worship the panther god, Bast. Mm Mm-hmm. While the Jabari tribe worship the great white gorilla their leader is not the Black Panther, it is the Manape. Right. Which is what M'Baku is. Now, one thing they absolutely nail is the fact that M'Baku is a... an imposing physical presence. Oh,
0: to say the least.
1: (laughs) In the comics, he's seven foot tall, 355 pounds, and it's pure muscle. All muscle. The guy is... Matt is a very accurate description. Mm-hmm. He is an absolute animal. Yeah. yeah. And that shows even when he fights, he will abs this is a guy who's like picked up and thrown around heavy hitters, <laughs> like they weigh nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And like he did first appear in Avengers issue sixty-two mm-hmm. back in nineteen sixty-nine. Mm-hmm. And, again, he is Jabari, and he was the leader of a religious sect called the White Gorilla Cult. Now, this cult was such a threat to the power system in Wakanda Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that Black Panther and the Panther Cult, which is, like, all their religions are whatever their god is plus cult. So the Panther Cult made being a member of the white guerrilla cult illegal because they were such a threat for power. Right.
0: So what we have here is religious persecution at its best.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But not only that, it's a political rival and Mm -hmm. probably the only political rival the Panther tribe has. No other tribe has any kind of dominance the way that the Jabari tribe does. Right. And Umbaku is well-known for just sort of being an anti-establishment character. Mm-hmm. So he actively flouted T'Challa's edicts and revived the white gorilla cult. And personally stalked and killed one of the rare white gorillas in Wakanda, bathing in the gorilla's blood and, and eating its flesh Did to the strength. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he ate the flesh and everything to gain the strength. And he was already stupidly strong beforehand.
0: (laughs) Now, just imagine. I I think think people people tend to um, underestimate the strength strength of a gorilla. (laughs)
1: Like (laughs) this guy single-handedly hunted down a magically infused gorilla. Yeah. And killed it. Yeah. And then ate its flesh to gain its strength while bathing in its blood.
0: He was already a beast before he did that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, with this, he he's openly challenged Black Panther's right to rule on more than one occasion. Mm-hmm. And this was something that was sort of nodded to in the movies with its challenge day.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Came down, challenged, and again, he nearly won. It kind of looked like he sort of threw the fight near the end there when he realized that, you know, T'Challa kept fighting even when he should have given up after taking that, Stand. you know, yes. spear through the shoulder. Yeah, that, like, okay. Yeah, he's still fighting. Because one of the things he respects is power. He respects strength. Yep. So he sort of saw that and he was like, okay, I don't necessarily just have to kill the guy and take power myself. Right, But he... Much like the movies, Mbaku's also and the Jabari are also big on being more primitive in a sense. Right. They they sort of eschew technology. They don't believe in reliance on technology to accomplish their goals. And despite their lack of technology usage. They are absolutely more than capable of holding their own against even Wakandans, who are the most technologically advanced race on Earth.
0: Which actually says something when you think about it. You got this one group over here that spurns the usage of technology, and other one that absolutely embraces and saturates itself in it, and yet... They're still they're so equal matched, right? That's
1: kind of crazy. And we say equal grounds and realize that's the rest of Wakanda versus just the Jabari. True, true, true. Right, and true. they're on equal grounds. If it was one tribe on one, the Jabari would probably stomp them. Yeah,
0: come through. And <laughs> it will come through. <laughs> come
1: through. So... We have that going with. He's known for his superhuman strength, stamina, agility, and durability. So his speed itself is only average, which itself kind of puts him on par with, you know, Olympic-level athletes. Yeah, yeah. We say average when... And we're comparing it to other superheroes. Yeah, it's like comic book average.
0: Like, to to, yeah. you to be some for you to be even to be others in the super community, right? For you to even be in a, in a conversation, you have to be at least Olympic level, peak human to yeah. even be in the conversation, right? So, yeah. That
1: but he's sense. got like the kind of stamina and durability that, again, rivals Captain America.
0: Except unlike
1: unlike Cap, he is still vulnerable to poisons and stuff. And his
0: body still does secrete lactic acids, which means he does get tired eventually.
1: But the fact that he can keep up with Cap long-term before any of that sets in tells you how ridiculous it is. And then realize that the dude is massive. Again, he's 7 feet, 355 pounds, pure muscle. And his agility... Pushes what you know humans can do at their limit. His agility is superhuman, which is kind of scary if you have to face a guy who can move that fast. Absolutely, and is that agile? Who is that size? Yeah. (laughs) Now, if we take a look at the movie version. Mbaku is still a very imposing presence physically. Yeah. They did they did nail that. He right. is a And Winston Duke is himself kind of a big guy. He's so big guy. it's yep. really good. But they also added a little movie magic to kind of make him tower over everybody.
0: Yeah, they got him looking like he's seven foot in there.
1: And again, something. that's that, that lines up with the comics. Yep. The, yep. The biggest thing here is the fact that He's not necessarily a villain in the movies. In fact, he's actually an ally of T'Challa. Yeah. After T'Challa and his family visited him, making him the first Wakandan King, the first Black Panther in centuries to visit the Jabari tribe.
0: Yeah. But now bear in mind, if you haven't seen the movie, I don't know who which one of you have possibly missed it.
1: We're looking like five years ago now. Well, Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, um, you know, bear in mind he visited him <laughs> not through choice. When he
1: was almost dead. <laughs>
0: with the, with the force, they literally found his body. You know, they're dying after getting his ass shellacked by kid, by Killmonger. So, you know, it's not like he decided yeah. to come there and go, you know what? I'll put this
1: olive but, leaf out they, here. They did beg M'Baku. Oh, they did. Like, cha- challenge Killmonger. Mm-hmm. You can do it. You can fight him. Let me ask you this. And he, he instead of challenging him, he's like, we can save T'Challa's life.
0: Right, but do you think had he taken that uh, the herb, he would have been a match for Killmonger?
1: Yeah, I think he would have been. He was without the herb, he was on par with Mm -hmm, mm T'Challa, and mm -hmm. T'Challa won because he kind of let up after seeing, like we said, he took the spear through the shoulder and kept going. Right. And he kind of let up. It looked like he let up a little bit after that. Uh uh So if he didn't let up, I'm pretty sure he would have beaten T'Challa. Right. And it was nowhere near as close a fight as the T'Challa Killmonger fight was.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: That's so true. with the herb, I do think he could have done it.
0: So I'm wondering why he chose not to do that. Maybe it was a sense I, of honor that he had. Um, that's like, nah, because this man ain't yeah. really dead. So the, technically, that challenge ain't really done. He never but conceded,
1: yeah. so it's not my challenge because he didn't die. Mm-hmm. He didn't surrender. Right. Which are the terms you die or surrender?
0: Exactly. And what kind of a bastard would I be?
1: <laughs> you know, and as so much of and as powerful as he is and everything, he's very big on tradition. He's which again relates to his whole he doesn't like technology. That's not how their people traditionally yeah. handle.
0: Yeah, things. that's on brand. That's on brand. Because he even admonished um, Shuri about For, uh, spurning tradition.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's on Brian. But however, when he did come back there and they, they begged him for his help, he's like, I'm not going to help you, but I will protect your family if they stay here. Right, right. Your family will be safe. Possibly. He saw them like, okay, well that's that's more than we really have a right to ask for. Thank that's you. True. And they went back and they left the Queen Mother and everyone there. Well, the rest of the people who are still fighters fought. But at the end of the day, he came down (laughs) and the Jabari were beating the crap Dude, out of you the something. professional soldiers of Wakanda. I Bucky was grabbing them one hand Throwing and them, them 50 feet away, no problems. Like, Man. they, they came, he swung that club and knocked down seven, eight guys in one go.
0: I'm telling like, you now, their appearance there had almost the same effect on me as the portals scene in Endgame.
1: Because right, of the,
0: because of the way it, they 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 presented it, he lit. I mean, out of nowhere, <laughs> grabbed dude up with one hand and said, "Witness the power
1: <laughs> of the it. Jabari." <laughs> Witness the might of the Jabari firsthand, he and threw just out. threw him like he was a basketball. No, yo, it just was, it was boom, fifty feet. <laughs> he shot dead that dude. But then, like, their next appearance in Infinity War... Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, the Wakandans held off quite well, given the situation. Absolutely. That was a battle they were losing no matter what. Yeah. But do you think they would have held off that long or that effectively if the Jabari didn't show up
0: nah, and nah, offer nah. their aid? Nah, as a matter of fact, I would argue... um. That once they would have got um, the out, the outriders would have got through. That um, and it would have been over. Yeah, they would have swarmed. They would have swarmed them at that point if it hadn't been for the Jabari tribe being there, because that that adds strength. And of course, the um, the Avengers that didn't hurt. But
1: yeah, the Jabari I, tribe. Absolutely,
0: they bolstered their ranks with them. Like they they strengthened their ranks with the Jabari. And the
1: fact that the Jabari. All of the Jabari guys, like, look at all those soldiers, and they make the other Wakandans all look small.
0: They, look, they make them look small as shit. <laughs>
1: and Baku's big among them, right? But the rest of them make the rest of the Wakandans look on the smaller side. Yeah. They're all built like brick houses. Huge. And these huge are all guys huge. who do all their training, all their fighting without technology. Yeah. And, and even like the their fight. weapons, there they they did not use technology. Nope. They were still using traditional spears and clubs, yeah, and beating the crap out of and these guys with guns like nothing. What's crazy about that is they're
0: fighting these savage ass aliens that obviously of have some level and of, winning them and winning <laughs> they, these these aliens obviously have a level of superhuman strength with them because. They were challenging um, Captain America. Who, oh, let's face it, MCU Captain America is a horse. Like <laughs> this guy, the the strength feats that he has over there are ridiculous. And they were challenging him, so it's like these, these none of these uh, uh Jabari have any super soldier serum coursing through their veins. They don't have the um the the um. The, the the blood shape, the um, shape Earl, They don't have that. They're just just natural.
1: <laughs> like this is just what With they wooden are. Weapons and beating the crap out beating of these the guys up close and personal.
0: It was amazing. And then yeah. like
1: even after, yeah. W- once an end game, the Jabari showed up once again. <laughs> they were like, hell yeah, let's go for the rematch, boys. Dude. This, this and obviously they ended up coming out on top in that one.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, they did. But now, it's like, that. so there RV are big was like differences.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, there are big differences, mostly in how the Jabari are viewed. Right. It's more, they're isolationists and primitivists rather yeah. than villains. Or... Rather, like, the tribe itself aren't necessarily villainous, nah. but they all do... Due to the fact that their religion got outlawed, they're generally outcasts and criminals because they still worship their god, right. whether it's outlawed or not. And Umbaku is a straight up villain. Here they're just isolationists, primitivists, they right. value their strength, but they're not villainous, they're right. not evil, they're not bad guys, and then once they actually kind of interacted with the rest of them for the first time in hundreds of years, right? everyone's like, shit, you know, it's not, they're not so bad. And they came in and saved the day. I mean, yes, they did. Yes, they Every did. time they show up, you know, things are going down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, and again, it's something that, um, that's a, that's a major difference from the comic book version and the uh, movie version of it. Um, let me see. I have returned. Um, Where was we? Oh yeah. So um, we was on Mbaku, right?
1: Just finishing it up. All right, bet
0: bet. Um, So yeah, uh, those are the differences with the character of Mbaku from the comic book versus the movie version.
1: uh, and to be fair, for the most part, they're actually fairly similar yo, yeah. outside of the fact that Mbaku's a villain in comics. Yeah, everything else is pretty much um
0: the same, right? The relationship is what's different, you know? Pretty much the same. So, for my first one, I'm going to pick your boy, and I do mean your boy, Dr. Doom. Victor. Yeah. Von Doom, and the reason why I wanted to pick Von Doom is because in my opinion he has not been treated fairly by cinema, like at all so if you know anything about Doom, well if you don't I'm gonna throw you a couple of things Uh, he's uh, the monarch of Latveria right? he is exceedingly intelligent To the point where there isn't really anybody on 616 Earth that can say they're smarter. They might be near the same, but you can't say you're smarter than Doom. Doom also uh, utilizes a combination of magic and super science. And you know, like we know in comic books, super science... It's pretty, it's pretty much, much magic. magic. It's, it's pretty much, pretty much magic, magic in comic, comic books, books, right? He's mastered both of those things. He has an indomitable will, and just his just his appearance in any situation completely throws whatever plans you had out the window, like whatever a uh, 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 self defense shit you had or what all that other stuff that you may have thought you was going to use or attack. He's going to use before you factor doom in it's useless it's absolutely useless with him so much so to the point where he is feared even by some of your your favorite superheroes the brave guys that go out there and risk their life they think twice before tangling with doom not that they won't but they think twice about it doom has been known to take down heavy hitters I'm talking cosmic level beings I'm talking gods and I'm not even talking about just like one on one I'm talking it's taking on groups of them like when he took on the beyonders like that's insane right that's the kind of hubris he has so when you see the movie versions like the one that came the closest to representing him was the one played by Julian McMahon and I say comes close because he had the trappings of him from, you know, the outfit was fairly similar. And that's pretty much where it ended. Like, I didn't like Julian's voice because when I always envisioned Doom, hell, from the cartoons I watched as a kid that had Doom in it. It's
1: a dark, deep It's throat. a dark,
0: deep throat of voice. And Julian just sound like, some hedge fund investor,
1: yeah. It's, you know, <laughs>
0: how dare you oppose Doom? <laughs> it's like, and then on top of that, they screwed the pooch on his powers, right? So they, they, they. Yes, they did do the, you know, the whole cosmic thing with the Fantastic Four, but with Doom, that's not how he got his powers. So yeah, the way he represented. They represented his abilities in that movie was is nothing like in the comic books, and since Doom has been represented twice in movies, let's talk about that shit show that was the that other Fantastic Four movie that came out after that. This guy bear no resemblance to Doom at all. Now, as far as power levels, and I'm I'm speaking strictly about the um, the damage output. Yeah, Doom could do some serious shit and I believe Doom, I believe that uh, comic book Doom could match that, but that came, that's pretty close. But everything else that is not, Doom's not some freak show computer hacker type, that
1: ain't Doom. No. It's not him. Doom was the son of a a Roma witch. Yes. He, magic's in his blood.
0: Right? Like I, you and I think the, the one of the biggest, I feel one of the biggest, um, like miscarriages of just justice done to this character was that the ones that they, they portrayed him as in the movies completely ignored the magic element of it. And none of them made him what he actually is, a monarch got to tell you
1: again i get kind of ignoring magic it's kind of hard to pull off but for the most part they didn't even really make him the smartest guy in the room either and no, that's the no. thing is any room doom walks into he is the smartest guy in the room yeah but that's the everyone as far as he's concerned is beneath him
0: right and he he shows it now look again it'll be easier to do to, to do doom now with magic because we had Dr. Strange so all of you fuckers have been introduced into <laughs> the MCU version of magic there is literally zero reason why the next time we see Doom on that screen he shouldn't be able to tap into that same type of shit
1: or I'm gonna be pissed yeah. I'm, 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 I'm straight up And him- again I won't be super pissed as long as they still acknowledge that he has those powers even if he doesn't Okay, you know what? I agree with that. That's the thing. He doesn't rely on them. He doesn't actively show his magic powers unless he has to. That's true. Because, again, he prefers people to underestimate him. Right. If they know he has magic on top of all his stuff, they don't underestimate him.
0: Doctor Strange knows. In the comic book, Doctor Strange knows. Oh, boy.
1: Doctor Strange has only gotten to where he is because Doom's helped him on more than one
0: occasion. Yeah. And also... Him being a monarch is a huge part of his character. It's literally it's, it's 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 so much of a part of him being a ruler of people that it's kind of when I see them do representations of him where that's not even part of where he's just some fucking student or, or whatever or some um, businessman like and I think he was a businessman in the um, that first uh, Fantastic Four two movies that they did he seems small that seems too small for doom this is fucking victor von doom this is the same guy in the in the in the the comic book version the same guy in the crossover book that they did with dc that shit talked superman and told him to get the fuck out of his embassy after attacking Superman, <laughs> like after attacking, so he, can, he had literally attacked, he literally attacked Superman with kryptonite lasers coming from out of the, the walls. Superman, of course, uh, utilizes the fact that the embassy had lead lined everything. And he spins around with us and wraps himself into that lead. And then he breaks the, the thing and he turns to doom and he says, now what's to stop me from doing to you what I did to those lasers? And Doom said, diplomatic immunity, get the hell out of my embassy. <laughs> Listen, this is Doom. This is Doom. And if you don't have that, I'm probably not going to feel him as much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's got to have like, it. Doom is larger than life in every way you could think about. Yeah. Except he knows he's larger than life and is as arrogant as... As someone who would know that. Right. (laughs) Right. The problem is, is how arrogant can you be when you've really not a single person can challenge you one on one? Even when he loses battles, he wins. Right. There's a reason the Avengers let him be. Right. There's a reason the Fantastic Four they might be able to stop his plans temporarily, but they can never take him down. That's, There's that's a the reason issue. for all that. There's a reason Shield, they keep tabs on him, but they don't do any operations. In Latveria, they, sure they show There's it out. There's a reason for that. And it's because if they try anything, Doom will Retaliate! You wow. will not be able to stop it. Hell, do you, you remember?
0: And during when uh, Norman Osborn pretty much had control of Shield and all of that shit, and they they attempted to get Doom on board, and Doom was like, "No, nah, fuck
1: you, like, nah, bro."
0: <laughs>
1: and then he don't said, bother me with your.
0: Petty <laughs> <bitch>. <laughs> he talked shit. He talked so much shit to that man that he had to put to put Sentry on him, and it wasn't a good. It wasn't a good look. It just wasn't. It wasn't like I said, man. It's all, there. There are. There are. In order for you to um, to really put something up there that can rival him, it's got to be godlike, and it's got to be. And, and it can't just be a god that relies on physical power. Nah, this got to be smart. That's the reason why they pair him with Loki so many times. You you can't just put him in a box and make him a businessman or some goddamn computer hacker. And Feige, if you do it, we'll hunt you down. (laughs) We will hunt you for that. But yeah, there are huge differences, disgustingly huge differences between the Doom in the comic book and the Dr. Dooms they've been giving you in the movie. And I would argue that anyone that has never read a comic book that had Dr. Doom in it or even knows who the character is, I would argue you still haven't seen them because if all you've gotten is what they gave you in those fantastic four movies, you still haven't seen doom yet.
1: Yeah. That's not doom. Like this is one of those ones where the movie versions and the comic versions share nothing but a passing physical That's resemblance, it. That's it. the armor and the name. That's it. That's it.
0: That's it. So, what's the next? What's the next one on your list?
1: I've, I figured because my next couple all kind of tie in together. Oh, okay, got you. Probably cool. let you finish out yours. That
0: that works. That works. All right. So, the next one I want to talk about is In Saba Nur, aka Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Now, for a long period of time, he was my absolute favorite villain in the cartoons and in the comic books. Because it seemed as though his motivations were so much bigger than just robbing a bank (laughs) or blowing up a city. And then, of course, the way he talked. I was actually introduced to the character through the cartoon first. And he spoke as if he was part of the fabric of reality. And there was literally nothing you could do to stop him. Now, in the comic books, um, his history dates back at least 5,000 years. At least. Ancient Egypt... He was a slave, although I believe they may have retconned some of that shit. I am not certain, but I know that at some point in this history, uh, originally, he was an abandoned baby found by some tribe, and the leader name was Ball. And they raised him. He eventually got jammed up, became a slave in Egypt, fell in love with the princess. The princess, of course pretty much saw him for what he was eventually and was disgusted by him and feared him because he looked, he looked different. He looked way different. And to me, that incident there, that story. And if you want to find the story, you can find it in, um, they actually have a full book mini series. Um, that was the the origin of apocalypse. And to me, that's just the integral part of his of understanding his character, even though there are writers that don't even factor none of that shit in, um, but his power set is really too much to name. Uh, near immortality, of course, superhuman strength, um, teleportation, telekinesis, um, uh, all kinds of psionic shit. He can fly. Uh, he can control uh, his his molecular structure. Uh, shape-shift, healing factor. The motherfucker has almost every power you can think about. He has. And he's exceedingly capable. He's even in the same class far as intelligence, and I would, I would argue exceeds Charles Xavier, especially when it comes to genetics and all that other shit. He's, he's the fucking man with that. As a matter of fact, Apocalypse... Couldn't be more OP if he had a magic component. If he just decided, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to learn magic now.
1: (laughs) If you read some of the stuff involving, like, the current X family Mm -hmm. stuff, he does dabble in magic to an extent. Oh, no. That's terrible. Like, ancient rituals and stuff like that. Like, that's how he... Has managed to help, not necessarily maintain his power, mm-hmm. but how he's managed to learn as much as he has wow. about other groups that he wouldn't normally have this knowledge. Knowledge of. of right, right. Like, remember, he has like a deep, extensive knowledge of Avalon and other worlds. That's true. And the only way you can get that is to magic is sh- short of being Captain Britain, right, or Captain Avalon, or. Whatever. depending on whether you take the amulet or the sword, right. is through magic. In fact, witches' covens are often how a lot of those beings interact with Earth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He also has access to um, celestial tech. And more times than not, that has been a hurdle that is hard to get over, um, especially back in the day, now I don't think it's as hard because they've had more current experience with the Celestials. You know, goddamn well, Re has got a file, <laughs> you know, on them and shit and all of that. So, so there is data out there, but beforehand, especially early on, and when I mean early on, I'm talking ancient times. There was nothing these sword and spear wielders could do <laughs> with Apocalypse. It was, just, it was just the reason. It was the reason why he was worshipped in many of the societies that he eventually led to ruin, because he was, for all intents and purposes, godlike. In fact, he was putting gods on their asses. Back then, he he beat a young Th- Thor so bad he nearly killed him, and, and Thor retreated. <laughs> right. So it's like. He's a beast. Now, let's do a quick uh, juxtaposition on the apocalypse from the movies versus the apocalypse from this comic book. Oh, boy. Once again, this is horrible. The only time we've seen apocalypse in cinema was in that shitty X-Men movie. He didn't even look like himself. He looked like Ivan Ooze. From the goddamn Power Rangers. He was horrible. And as far as his power set was concerned. I wasn't as angry at that. No he was nowhere near as powerful. As he is in the comics. But that can be said about a lot of these characters right. The way they they attempted to make him. This overwhelming godlike presence. I wasn't mad at the origins as long as it got to the result. But everything else about him, short of his motivation of, you know, survival of the fittest and all this other stuff like that, that shit was a horrible representation of apocalypse. And he is probably, because of that, the most forgettable of the villains in that X Men franchise. He was terrible. So bad, in fact. That when they put a picture of him and his minions on Entertainment Weekly before the movie dropped, the whole goddamn internet had a shit hemorrhage. And basically was like (laughs) for good reason. He was purple. (laughs) What the fuck? What the fuck are they doing? His voice. Gotta get on that. Apocalypse speaks. There's a quote in one of the Age of Apocalypse books, when Apocalypse appeared in in that first panel he was on, said, with a uh, visage and a voice that could make the gods snap to attention. I heard no such voice (laughs) in that movie. No such voice at all. Now, don't get me wrong, there were times when he did the little deep guttural thing but even that, I just wasn't feeling none of it. Again, a miscarriage of justice. Apocalypse has not been represented correctly in cinema as of yet. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this: uh, the origins that they had for Apocalypse in that movie um, was close. It was close. I'll allow it. I'd, I'd have been cool with that. But how do you not? Yeah, have... they did do the origins. They did the origins part, pretty good. Fairly accurate. Yeah, I had no problem with that. But, um... And I'm also not insisting that the MCU, once they they bring him back, I'm not insisting that they connect him to the Celestials if they don't want to because their whole Celestial shit is a little different in the MCU, right? But you damn well better represent him right Or, much like how I feel about the whole Doom situation, Mr. Feige, we're coming for you. (laughs) You (laughs) We are coming for you. All right? Give us the apocalypse we deserve, man. And here's the thing that pisses me off the most. So, little known story about the design of that character for that movie, there was a designer that bid for the job. And they gave it to the other guy that gave us Ivan Ooze. I saw the cast of the character because he t- he does a lot of the um, the Comic Cons and conventions and, and such. He brought the he brought his design to one of the shows. It was so
1: good. It was it was apocalypse. It was apocalypse. That was the apocalypse we deserved. Yeah. We deserve the that. metallic and blue, oh, you
0: know, oh,
1: oh like metallic steel. And then this deep
0: blue. We, we deserve that apocalypse. And every time I look at that picture and I'm see if I can find it, I'm putting it on our medicine mutants, Facebook page. Every time I look at that picture, I think about what could have been, <laughs> I think about what fucking could have been. So Foggy, don't let us down with that. Um, and uh, finally one of my favorite uh, characters Harley Quinn now All right. now, now Harley Harley ah, Harley Harley so originally Harley was not in the comic books Harley no. was a creation of the Batman animated series a dope ass series by the way and it's old now some of you that might listen to this might be a little young, but if if you can go find it and watch it, I think you'll you'll still appreciate it. It still holds up because I watched it not that long ago. Um, Harley was a psychiatrist that worked at Arkham Asylum. Her greatest patient was the man you know as the Joker. Uh, not only Batman's nemesis but Super Guy's nemesis as well
1: <laughs> right uh, Yeah, <laughs> right? that is fair
0: so she allowed herself to be seduced by uh, the Joker and eventually he while myself for all intents and purposes mutilated her and turned her into something else uh very acrobatic. She's actually a pretty good fighter. Um, good with weapons. Although I wouldn't put her in the same lane as some uh, some mercenary or whatever. But she'll fuck you up. <laughs> like she'll, she will definitely fuck you up. And she's extremely humorous. And 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 she's a layered character. She's not. She's more layered than the Joker to me. It just is more to her. You know. Um, so she's one of my favorite characters and then she eventually made it to the comics because of the uh, reception she got from the people that watched the Batman animated series. She gotta keep Harley We need to see more Harley and it took a few years well actually more than more than a few but she made it to have her own movie. Well, it actually started off with uh, suicide squad um she was in suicide
1: squad and again for as bad as it was she was the shit she, she was not a problem in there she, and neither Margo, was my boy yeah. Diablo exactly. <laughs> exactly neither was my boy Diablo
0: they gonna, <laughs> <laughs> gonna put that in look Margot Robbie did her thing she embodied Harley Quinn and here is a case right where the character from the comic books and the character from the movies are so close so close that there's really nothing for fanboys to bitch about except for the quality of movies they've put her in and again it is not Margot Robbie that is screwing up
1: that no and as far as the character is they've actually managed to deal her character fairly yeah. well from yep. what I've seen yeah. I did not she, see the Birds of Prey movies. So. I,
0: I will say this the Birds of Prey movie is utter garbage and trash however Margot Robbie is still Holly Quinn so she's still being Holly Quinn She's still good. It's just that everything around her is burning. (laughs) Everything (laughs) around her is hot trash set on fire. So the reason I wanted to um, use her as an example last is because of the fact that I just bitched about two that they fucked up. And I want to show you how they can get it right. They can get it right. So when they don't get it right... Yeah, sure, sometimes it has to do with how something can be represented on film, but more times than not, some shithead executive made a decision or some elitist director who feels like they know better than the source material. Their vision should supersede that and decides to completely ignore the source material and come up with this version that they think the people who don't read comic books is going to like. But they could give a fuck if the people that do read comic books like it or not. Most of the time, they're wrong. Most of the time, when they don't go and actually pull the integral things, not everything, you don't need everything, but a certain core element you have to have to represent these characters on film so that they are those characters. Every time they don't do that, they lose. Every time. So... That's why I wanted. I wanted to use Hollow Quinn last to sum that up because that's the character done right. Now all they got to do is get the movie around her right. That's all they have
1: to do. Which again, there were there were a few parts of Suicide Squad yes. where all they really needed to do is change one or two things. That's it. Actually, that's it. Suicide Squad should have been DC's version of Guardians.
0: Agreed. And, it, and might, it might be now.
1: It all it would have taken is a couple small changes to really give you a bond with the characters. Yeah. And make the characters themselves bond together.
0: Agreed. And you know what? It's funny that you say that because it might just very well be DC's Guardians. Yeah. James Gunn is now directed directed it. <laughs> so, the So. That's the thing.
1: Is that's what the show should have, or that movie should have been. Absolutely. DC's answer to Guardians Absolutely. had all the characters there, or not necessarily just Guardians, because obviously Suicide Squad is rather well known for losing like half their members on a regular basis.
0: God damn it! Hold but, on, for, hold on for a second. I'm back. Right? Yeah, but um like you said, it was only a few things that they could have done. That would have turned that movie from the dud to a winner. But I still got to give him props for um, actually capturing Harley Quinn, and of course, your boy Diablo. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying for capturing yeah. them, you know, th- that's that that is the character the characters done right.
1: And, yeah, and like the reality know, is, if they just picked Harley Quinn. Like, the team was, like, what, seven people? Yep. So you pick Harley Quinn and two to three others to build as, like, the core team? Yeah. And so that way, even if one of the guys still lives, they can kill him off in the second one. But you, like, build that core couple, like, core three or four. Right. And build the dynamic around them to the point of, yeah, these are the only guys of the Suicide Squad who... Regularly been able to survive. Every <laughs> Come every back, that's right? Special. That's true. So whenever we send them out, these ones are the guys in charge because they know what it takes.
0: And uh, any new guys that go, that go on the team, they're just the red shirts. <laughs> they're red exactly. shirt expendables.
1: So yeah. you don't necessarily get the full team dynamic, but you'd have that solid dynamic, and that's what they really need to build. Agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. So
0: yeah, th- that that's my three. Um let's get into what you have.
1: Okay, so mine here is it's one character but multiple representations. I see. Which is why I didn't feel like splitting it up so much. Right, right, right. So in that character and I chose this one because my roommate Johnny would probably be pretty upset if I never did. <laughs> So, I'm here to show Spider-Man some love. (laughs) So, we have one comic character, but we are going to talk about the Tobey Maguire, the Andrew Garfield, and the Tom Holland versions.
0: Oh, and and, and ladies and gentlemen, you can't see our show, Doc, but when he says he's going to show Spider-Man some love, you look right in there and he has the hyphen in the middle of Spider and Man. The only people that do that are the people that show it love. Because <laughs> I yeah, never it's... put the hyphen.
1: <laughs> I you gotta put the hyphen, man. You gotta put the respect on the name. It's a fact. Spider-Man has even commented in the comics, I can tell when you're saying it without the hyphen. <laughs> so, you know, you gotta do that. You gotta show the love. You gotta show the love. So, in the comics obviously oh, it's Peter Parker lost his parents at a young age lives with his Uncle Ben and Aunt May Uncle Ben inevitably dies
0: oh,
1: as we've man. seen in the films multiple times multiple times poor Uncle Ben just can't catch a break it's never Aunt May that dies nope. it's always the Uncle in every universe it's always Uncle Ben Across the multiverse, (laughs) at least in every universe, Peter Parker becomes Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Because there was that universe where Gwen Stacy did, and it was Peter who died, and that's kind of what motivated her. Right, right. But we're always sitting here. It's like Uncle Ben dies after, and this is after he gets bitten by the spider, Mm -hmm. and just chooses like, oh, it's not my job to stop the robber, and then that robber. Kills Uncle Ben because Uncle Ben tries to stop him because Uncle with ben great power comes head. great responsibility. So, so my question
0: about that is, what great power did Uncle Ben had that made him feel like he was responsible
1: to stop this dude? The power to not stand by and watch it happen. <laughs> I suppose that that's that's Uncle Ben, man. He was he's the guy. He can never just let something happen if he feels he can stop it. If he if he tackled the guy to the ground. The police come, they arrest him, the lady gets her purse back, the the store owner gets his money back. He's done a good thing, and that's ultimately the essence of Uncle Ben is always doing the right thing. Right. Never says it has to be easy, just you have to do the right thing. Right. So that was his responsibility as far as he saw. Yeah, I guess I, I guess it tracks. And ultimately that's what motivates Spider-Man's moral code, which in the comics is one of the few things that's fairly consistent. There's been the odd time where he's kind of violated it. Right. But it's very rare for him to do that. Right. Like that's who he is, is he has to, it's his responsibility to save all the lives he can every life that's lost while he even if it's not his fault and he did everything he could he takes personally
0: yeah yeah sure
1: and like this is a guy whose debut was in amazing fantasy number 15 back in 1962 and he ended up appearing a couple of times before getting his own solo run because everyone loved the character right at the time, he was a young high school kid just trying to get through high school, which is already a tough time for a lot of people. Yeah, true, true indeed. And then later on, depending on the run, it was through trying to get through college and have a life outside of being Spider-Man while still trying to take care of his aunt because limited income living yeah. in New York and that's always kind of expensive.
0: He's no Tony Stark with the cash. That's
1: he's true. no Tony Stark. <laughs> and he's no Captain Rogers, you know. Right. <laughs> Steve may not necessarily be wealthy, but everyone knows who he is, and I guarantee you, no one's saying, I'm sorry sir, you can't live here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's Captain freaking America. Roger, he can live <laughs> where the hell he wants. <laughs> he, he can live where he wants. <laughs> you know, it's like But Peter Parker is just some kid, you know? And then later on as an adult and everything else. He's had love interests die, including Gwen Stacy. Mm -hmm. He's had Aunt May die before. He's had MJ die before. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a risk of dating a superhero. Yeah, unfortunately. And then brought back, then you had the whole... Uh, one more day thing where it raised marriage to MJ to bring back his aunt. Boo. His aunt married, you know, Jay Jonah Jameson's father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which really begs the question, like what was the age difference there? Because Jay Jonah Jameson's not a young guy.
0: He's no spring chicken by any stretch of the imagination.
1: And his dad married Aunt May. He, and they're, re- they're supposed to be around the same age. How old was. Like, how old was Peter's mother when they had a kid?
0: Well, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about that because that's always bothered
1: me. Like, but, even, even if there is a decent age gap, that's still. When you take that into account, that is a pretty big gap between Peter and Aunt May. That's why she. I, see, that's the thing. Unless you're talking. Toby, or unless you're talking uh, Tom Holland, ah, in which, man. To a man. That, <laughs> that is only like a 25 year age gap. That's not that old. That is not that that's old. Not that, that's not a huge difference. But
0: if you're talking about traditional, uh,
1: yeah, original Aunt May,
0: Aunt, Aunt May was at least 100. So I, I figure, jeez, Jay, jo- <laughs> Jay Jonah had to be in his 50s. And his father, yeah. he had to be, and you know he does a lot of yelling, so that means usually stressed out. So of course he's not going to age the best.
2: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: So yeah, he's probably he's at least in his fifties. Ultimately, you know. throughout everything, Peter Parker is a guy who's been everywhere, seen everything, like. As Spider-Man, he has saved the entire universe and even multiverse oh, yeah. a couple of times. Mm-hmm. He saved New York more times than he can count, and he still can't catch a break from J. Jonah Jameson, and even when he reveals his identity to him.
0: And five times he couldn't pay his rent. He would save the city, save the world, save the universe, come home with an eviction notice or warning. <laughs> On his door. Yep. Couldn't catch a break.
1: And I think it's kind of important here, too, to note that multiple versions in multiple universes, J. Jonah has eventually found out that Peter is Spider-Man. Wow. In the ultimate universe, he actually found it out. And then protected the identity after he sort of saw... There was like the big event that kind of flooded New York and he saw Spider-Man actively saving everybody, including him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, holy crap. Like maybe I have been wrong. And like, and I know this kid, this kid wouldn't hurt a person. Exactly, Exactly. Save anything. Like maybe I am wrong and keeps the identity secret until the death of Peter Parker in which he ends up publishing a thing saying he knew it was and just, kind of kept it secret because if he exposed it you would have been putting innocent lives at stake right right but then like even in the main universe he's he's figured out or came close to it on multiple times and had either like brainwash or just kind of retconned oh yeah that just never happened that's what we're going with (laughs) right (laughs) until a more recent run where Peter eventually reveals himself to Jonah
0: it's like yeah during that uh, uh, podcast phrasing he revealed himself to Jonah fair
1: fair (laughs) fair fair, fair, my bad still doing phrasing I see (laughs) but he revealed his identity to Jonah during a podcast when it's like well you said you would answer questions like I can't answer that question and you know it. it's like why not it's like eventually it's like off air thing And he ends up lifting his mess. Like, this is why. It's like, I can't risk my family. I can't risk my friends. I don't even want to risk you. If people know who I am, they're coming everywhere I work. They're coming where I go to school. And of course, that led to Jonah trying to help him out, but still never giving him a break, because without me, you'll have no moral compass. (laughs) He's such an asshole. And of course, he's yelling at him the whole time, not being quick enough, not not doing this quite well. Yeah, Why didn't you get here quicker? <laughs> you still ass. owe me money for all those photos you sold me of yourself. He's such an and ass. And that was actually a serious thing. He straight up said, you owe me money for all those photos you sold of yourself.
0: Fuck <laughs> that. Like, Fuck that. Yeah, I so, like, just so funny. <laughs> in the comics, though, his
1: core is all about saving everyone he possibly can. He's been a part of, obviously... Daily Bugle. He has the Uncle Ben Foundation. He was the CEO of Parker Industries. He was with Horizon Labs. There was Parker Technologies, which kind of went under.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? I'm kind of behind on that.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think they really announced what happened there. Like that's just kind of what he's been as as part of Peter Parker. That's true. He's also been like a a regular team up. With Deadpool to the point where everyone's like Yeah it's Spider-Man and Deadpool You know it's with one came The other right he's been Part of the Avengers The spider army the web warriors mm-hmm. Multiple like multiple things of uh, Avengers Yeah he was technically A teacher at the Jean Grey school For X-Men yeah. And that was after Wolverine died It was in his will and storms like I don't like the guy but like I can't <laughs> I can't go against Logan's will and if he trusts the guy to the extent of being able to teach classes here then I might as well and ultimately she had no idea until after when Spider-Man revealed it that the whole reason Wolverine wanted him there was because They knew one of the students was working with some villains. They weren't sure who, but they knew was working with the villains. And Spider Man is the only person Wolverine trusted to be able to find it out without giving anything away. And ultimately, he revealed it. But like it was, it was a surprisingly good run. And the whole time, Storm is just getting more and more annoyed. (laughs) Spider Man, you can't just take the kids out on a field trip. We got kidnapped by Mojo. That's not an excuse. (laughs) It's like, and of course, Spider-Man also, you know, having that classic quick wit annoyed her even more because he wasn't just taking it because he's, he's not a student there. Right. Hell, yes, he's a teacher there, but he's also not, he doesn't work for her. He's not getting paid. (laughs) He's doing a favor for Logan. He doesn't have to take it from her. It, it showed. Right, right. But he's also helped out Heroes for Hire, the Future Foundation, the Fantastic Four. You know, uh, at one point, he was part of the Brooklyn Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's worked with multiple other spider people separately without necessarily being part of the Web Warriors or anything else, such as the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider, the Kane Parker Scarlet Spider, uh, Silk, Eddie Brock is Venom, or Agent Venom. Mm-hmm. As both, actually, Agent Venom and Venom Venom. Right. Like, obviously, he's been part of the Galactic Alliance of Spider-Men.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Which yes. was just such a terrible name for an movie. <laughs> it's not like the Council of Reeds or something. Right, right, but right. It's like the Galactic Alliance of spider Man. It's GASM. That is the acronym. <laughs> GASM. You can't tell me that that's a good acronym for that something. Is like that is horrible.
0: That is absolutely horrible.
1: Boo! But... You you can't get mad at me for that. That's what it is. But that thankfully that didn't necessarily have a long lasting run because I don't think I could have read that right. But here we are. So let's start off with the OG. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, We are going mm -hmm. Spider Man, the Tobey Maguire version.
0: Now I know what you're thinking. I know what everybody's thinking that. It is common. It probably would be common knowledge that you don't go hire somebody named Toby to play Peter Parker. But I got to tell you, he didn't do that bad in the first two movies. I liked him as... I had issues with
1: it still. I liked him as the kid, Spidey,
0: but not the adult, Spidey. I I just don't... I didn't like him as the adult.
1: I didn't. Which is is the thing for me is they hired a dude in his thirties to play a role of a guy who's in high school. And he did not even look like he was in high school. He didn't look like he could have been close to high school. If they, did that, they probably should have gone with like one of the college runs yeah. of him. And that would have made, that would have solved probably one of my biggest issues. did he also first. seem very
0: short to you? Like he seemed short to me. To be Spidey,
1: like I don't it's Spidey to watch that one. But
0: he, he now when he was short and trying to be a, a high school kid with the dorky glasses, I guess you could see it. But because he was already the, the height he was going to be, because
1: <laughs> yeah. was in his thirties. Just <laughs> yeah, but I mean, one of my bigger issues is the fact that, like, obviously they tried to get like Toby is, you know, because. Oh, yeah. Well, one, it was coming off of, like, what, that 70s show? Yes. So, like, they're kind of trying to play up how, you know, the height of his fame and everything at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's fair, but it's just not something they probably should have done. He He's awkward, but not the kind of way that spider-man was
0: no that's fair that's fair that's definitely fair like, like he, he just doesn't seem like
1: he was more oh no he that wasn't that 70 show that's Topher grace they, they just kind of look the same to me <laughs> yeah
0: you know, you know i'm gonna tell you what i think it is too that made toby just seems like a like an awkward choice it's like you said the, he, he literally does not look capable of any of that shit Outside, yeah, he, he
1: like he just doesn't look capable like, of it. He, he didn't display like the nerdy, smart, intelligent aspect of no, it very well. Not really, not really. And he, he he was kind of awkward, but not like the Spider-Man awkward. Not kind, not the shy, bumbling a little bit, but still intelligent.
0: Yeah,
1: thing. he was just almost just socially awkward. It's like yeah, and then obviously you had. The Spider-Man three, Venom suit. suit dance. Yeah, that Venom suit dance just ruined it. Just any, ruined that any, trilogy.
0: Any any credibility he could have had, that
1: dance <laughs> it just killed yeah. it. Yeah, it killed it. it killed but it. as far as the origins go, they were really. Accurate, yeah, they were. Straight they down, were straight down to the wrestling ring and everything. Yep, they were got to give them props for that. Got to give like, them props for that. They they followed the storyline. Gotta give and them props. They, they followed how you know Uncle Ben died. They did all that stuff pretty well. They had some decent casting too, like Green Goblin. They yeah. absolutely
0: nailed. I mean. I saw people complaining, and it was very few. Like, it, was, Will- it was Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, dude. That, let bro. me tell you something. I saw critics who do- obviously don't get the character, um, in their little uh, reviews at the time. He plays it too over the top. It's like you fucking nuts. Do you know who he's playing? One <laughs> he of the most over the literally top? <laughs>
1: insane, all the <laughs> yes. time. Yes, <laughs> yes. No, he he but nailed dad, like, it. And even. Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus. I loved it. I wasn't a huge fan of the second movie. I loved the second movie. but it awesome. Honestly, I think that first trilogy peaked in the first movie for me. Really? Like, the second movie was good, but I just didn't dig it as much, you know?
0: You know, the, what? I, one of the things I liked about the second movie was they could have leaned on another crazy-ass villain and instead... They kind of gave you somebody. You could be a bit sympathetic. I was a little bit sympathetic to the in that movie. Like, yeah, he, he, was like, out, he was out of pocket,
1: but I kind of get it. Like, I get it. Again, I will say, though, that that train scene in the second oh, movie Oh, dude, it's man, amazing. That was absolutely that was iconic at But again, they're all still talking about him as if he's, like, just out of high school type thing. That's true. And they're like, oh, I have a son around his age who's, he must barely be 18, you know? It's like, yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> See, that's uh, what i did I'm it sorry. for. Like, that, part of train, like, that scene itself was iconic, and I will give that that. When he saved the train, yeah, when he saved the train. Yeah. yeah, and they end up seeing him without the mask, and they all start protecting him. Yeah,
0: yeah, we won't tell nobody. It's like... No, you like know, don't one of those was his little care. brother, right? One of those was Toby's
1: little brother. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. One of those kids. That was Toby's one I didn't brother. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, still, like it peaked in the first movie for me. And that third movie, oh, geez. it had potential, but apparently it came out. Sam Raimi's like, because he had planned like five movies. Yep. And he was basically told to put. Everything he had into that last movie, and And that was not.
0: That's why we had so many goddamn villains in there,
1: because like the fifth movie was supposed to be Sinister Six.
0: Yeah, blame the studios, folks. Like I'll be telling you all the time. Because like Sam Raimi's stuff
1: as a whole has been fairly well done. Yeah, yeah. And he's even had his fingers in a few MCU things, whereas in more of an advisory role. And though he is supposed to be doing Doctor Strange too. And also and let, let's And not, I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, of course. But let's not overshadow the fact that Sam Raimi brought to life how Spider-Man swings. Because yeah. in the before in the comic books, it looks amazing, but it's aesthetic, it's these aesthetic images. And the one question that a lot of us was asked is how the fuck are they gonna do that? Because we a lot of us from a certain age saw the Nicholas Hammond Spider Man TV series oh, and that man. was horrible. Horrible swinging from the same building all the time And he's swinging from it You clearly see he has a harness on You clearly see they're not trying to get this man killed You clearly see That this is not it So so I will yeah. say though
1: When you look at the characters abilities and power set Yeah They were fairly good with that In the yeah. Tobey Maguire Sam Raimi one Definitely, The one thing they really screwed up was the webs. Oh, yeah. Because in the comics, he has web shooters, he builds technology. Like, it's it's a tech gadget. That's yeah. not actually part of his skill set. Yeah. In the Sam Raimi trilogy, they did make it... Organic. Organic came out of his wrist. But you know what, though? At, At the, the
0: time, time I didn't, didn't mind that as much, as much as because my reasoning reason- was... So We're got, seeing
1: Spider-Man on the big screen. Bro, yeah, 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 that too. But bro, also the fact, fact, so let me
0: see if I understand it. it. The, the Spider, Spider gave him everything. It. What? Not the the, S- the, 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 radiation, the didn't radiation didn't give him any means. To, and that that's, I never thought about it when I was reading the comic book. But at the time when the movie came, I was like, yeah, why didn't the radiation also give him the, but I would never questioned, where's that coming from? Like seriously, like where 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 is that material coming from? That's stronger it, than like what what part of his butt, Where what? Like what from his blood? What is where is it coming from? Yeah, and that's kind of gross.
1: <laughs> that's kind of gross, but like that's again overall though, I'd say that the first movie for me is like fantastic. Mm-hmm. The second one is still a good movie. Right, I feel like the first one was better overall, mm-hmm. but. The second one's good. The third one, they kind of lost it. Yeah, and funny. that's not necessarily the actor's fault. Nah, it's not Sam Raimi. I'm not even blaming Sam rainey I'm blaming the studios. I'm blaming the studios. That was 100% studio thing. Yeah, he wanted to introduce two villains into this one, which he could have got away with. Not like five. Yeah, yeah. He like, could have got away with that.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. So, but overall. The representation in that series and his representation was fairly good. Yeah. The majority of the things I have issues with are more, they should have gone up the college age because of the actor's age, age. Right. That's, and again, that's not his fault or anything else. Right. That, that right. one is a Sam Raimi thing. So, you know, you yeah. screwed up there. Right. But overall, they represented his story arc very well. They represented his origins well. They represented his. Power sets for the most part fairly well, right? So, I mean, that representation compared to the comics was pretty damn good, pretty damn good. I will admit. So, next up, we have the amazing Spider Man, Andrew Garfield. <laughs> now, this one, I actually liked Andrew Garfield as Spider Man a lot more than Toby.
0: Well, yeah, I would liked him as Spider Man, probably way better than Toby. What I didn't like him is as kid Spider Man. He he still seemed cool to me. He didn't seem as nerdy as he just well, didn't. I, I, I
1: felt he had like the the quips and the attitude, and, and again the he intelligence did. part. He did. He he, again, much with like Toby, he didn't have the social awkwardness part
0: down. Yeah, he seemed pretty
1: quick-witted. And, I know. will say he did nail the quick-wit. He did nail the the like the nerdiness and yeah. like the intelligence part. He he absolutely nailed that. I'm
0: going to tell you what he didn't nail.
1: <laughs> that, that final ending. <laughs> <laughs> he did not thinking, make the catch. He did not
0: make the catch. <laughs> He did not make the catch.
1: Just saying. Uh, also. As, as, as the Wu-Tang Clan once said, <laughs> protect your neck.
0: Ah, I felt so bad, too. Protect I your neck. <laughs> but, but I, gotta well, I, I remember that. seeing that
1: in theater. The, the theater just sort of went dead yeah. silent. Yeah. Because, yeah. again, even, even in the older cartoons and everything, They never really did a whole lot with Gwen Stacy. Nah, you only knew about Gwen Stacy if you read the comic books. Yeah, a lot of people didn't realize that Gwen Stacy was his original first girlfriend. girlfriend. girlfriend, Yeah. And that she did die because he failed to catch her properly. He didn't take into account the uh, velocity at which she was falling. Right. When he swung down to catch her dude. that story arc is actually the two issues that of that run called the night gwen stacy yeah died, oh, the yo, two issue yeah, arc.
0: yeah
1: both issues are in the top 100 comics of all time like, dude it's it, it was a grip it's a gripping separate separately and then when they did like the top 50 story arcs of all time I believe that one, even though it's a two-parter, most arcs are six, four to six. Right. That arc, I think, ranked 13th out of, like, the top 50 for story arcs. Man.
0: Because
1: it was the first significant death in comics. Yes. Yes. And it actually wasn't meant to be a permanent thing, but the sheer shock value and everyone's reaction to it, they're like, oh, my God, we have to keep this. We can't just bring her back. Nope. Nope. And, like, maybe we'll bring her back in 10 years. And, like, Stanley even talked about how, like, they meant to bring her back and but then it just did. never seemed to it be. It just the seemed
0: right weird. Time. It just seemed weird to do.
1: It just seemed weird. <laughs> and ultimately, they brought her back in uh, the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. And then they also did the the other universe where it became Spider Spider-Gwen. Gwen. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that universe. And,. That that's how they brought her back. That universe's Gwen Stacy will regularly interact with the six one six universe, right? But still lives in her home universe. She actually goes to university in the six one six universe.
0: That's kind of funny when you think about it. She, she got a she goes through the multiverse to go to the university
1: because her her identity is revealed in her universe, and she can't go to university there without dealing with everything else.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie, like so, that, that Gwen Stacy like, death did affect me as a kid, it yeah. did, it did.
1: Oh, like, so many people yeah. in that this movie did not know about that, and when that happened, everyone's like, it's Spider-Man, he's going to save the day.
0: No, not this time.
1: And you could hear a pin drop. When
0: her head hit that just, fucking, oh my. The snap, and it's like, oh, everyone's like,
1: "Man," oh. And it's like, Yeah. But let's go over like his power set is a fairly accurate. Yeah. And again, they they did the same thing they did with the Tobey Maguire series. I to they say, actually thanks, thanks he got me. bit. He got bit by the spider. He got the powers. He did a little bit of wrestling to make money. Right. He, you know, he got bullied by Flash Thompson, right. which is you know, of course. Uh he didn't stop a robber and that resulted in his uncle dying and then him trying to make up for it by stopping crime. Right. They nailed the origins again. They did really well on that. Yeah. They his powers and everything, he has the strength, speed, stamina, agility, everything else, they did good. They had him quipping and everything a lot better. Yeah. Which ultimately, again, made me like him as Spider-Man far more. Because what's Spider-Man without the smart-ass quips? He's gotta have those. They, They showed the intellect a lot more. Yes, they did. One of the things they did that wasn't necessarily comic accurate Mm -hmm. was him as a skateboarder.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: every now and then, you might see it in the comics, but, like, they made it as his go-to method of going around and getting to places. Let me
0: tell you, in the original
1: Spider-Man,
0: in the original Spider-Man comics, you ain't seen no goddamn skateboard. This guy had a bow tie on. (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> the that he was getting picked a on a bow tie score. and a sweater vest <laughs> yeah the one he was getting picked a bow on bow tie a and sweater vest
0: dude he just was not that guy that's the other thing like i said it made me feel like they're not quite nailing the nerd but everything else they got I also yeah. i also like
1: he, they at least nailed the intellect part like yeah they did better on the nerd part than they did with toby i felt yeah. but also in the third movie They didn't quite get it. What I this thought, one didn't the have second, a third The
0: movie. second movie, I should say. Look at that 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 final scene with him and Rhino on the street. This scene to me is what Spider Man is supposed to be. However, yeah. that suit that he had on looked like he got that from Party City. <laughs> Dude, that suit was hard. When I'm looking at, I'm looking at the mask yeah. part, and it's bunched up in the back by the the crown of his head. And I'm like, what the fuck is this suit? What is this? But everything I, else I in that suit, I love. Though, one
1: thing they did really well was not only the web shooters because yeah. they actually did the web shooters, yeah, the, the web mechanical shooters. ones. Yep. But they in the second movie. They Actually, started doing experiments with it so he had different types of webbing. He had the Spider Man thing, he has the Spider Man web shooters, even the earlier ones before the Parker Industries and Parker, incredibly diverse things. He had about seven or eight types. The Parker Industries and tech ones, yeah, he has like 40 50 combinations of web shooters. Absolutely, absolutely. So they they did better, like, even though they really only showed two, mm-hmm. that's still, like, a huge step. It's like, yeah, he now has these ones that use, like, more of a rubber to absorb electricity because he was fighting. Yeah, agreed. Electro. Agreed. And that was a big thing. And it's like, okay. That's so that was a number nice three. touch.
0: Right. That's what we thought he was going to get a number
1: three and, and really advance all of that. And then ultimately... Andrew Garfield got fired because he wasn't going to press conferences and stuff doing this. Yeah. He didn't fulfill his contractual obligation at the time. There may have been other stuff behind the scenes, but like we know that part 100% had something to do with it as well.
0: Sorry, Andy. You gotta go do that shit, man. That's part of it. Unfortunately.
1: It's part of it. And last but not least. We got the MCU Spider-Man, Tom Holland,
0: or as I refer to him is as, as the total package. This is this is
1: this is, this, this, is this is the guy. This is the guy. Now, now we can't necessarily talk about the origins so well. They briefly mentioned like I got bit by a spider. You know, my uncle died. I. It's like with great power comes great responsibility. But by they the, never showed the way, any Marvel, of that, and you. the reason the reason Marvel <laughs> had for that was we've already seen we've Uncle seen Ben it. die twice. <laughs> thank you, Marvel. Like, every, thank everybody you. knows his origins. We're just gonna start it up, like his first appearance. Civil War was like six months after he got bitten and right. started started being Spider-Man. Right, and it's like okay, now Tom Holland. Actually looks like a high school kid. Yes, he does. And the reason for this one is... In his debut in Civil War, he was 19. (laughs) He was actually... And there are some 19-year-old high school kids. Just Listen, late birthday, on the late whatever birthday, else.
0: Somebody failed.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, absolutely. It doesn't matter. There, there are 19-year-old high school kids. Sometimes it is late birthdays or something happened. You had to miss a year because of whatever. Well, like you, military family, sometimes that happens.
0: Or you were a dumbass and failed.
1: Yeah, or you were a dumbass <laughs> and failed. Just saying. But here you are. But he's actually in that age group. He actually could have been like just finishing high school when right. this happened. So we actually have a high school aged Spider Man. Yes, we do. And of course, he's playing a few years younger. He's playing like 15. But you know what? He's at least high school aged. He actually looks young. He, he can actually do that.
0: And to be honest, for a guy. Who has an English accent because he's from the UK, he pulls off that the little kid accent, American sure voice we very well.
1: Like, that, not only like, that, but he, he nails the kind of awkwardness yes, that you expect out yes, of Spider Man.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And
1: he's not necessarily displaying the genius level that perhaps you know, Garfield really had... Andrew Garfield yeah, had that one. Toby, that. He's, he's kind of on par with Toby for, like, intelligence. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, far. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. far. But he's also significantly younger. Yeah, and he looks... He ever, everyone else was like, final year of high school. This is like, nah, first year of high school. Like,
0: even when he has the, the mask on, you still felt feel like it's him. That's not what I got from Toby. I felt like when Toby put put that mask on I felt like okay this is the stand in you know what I'm saying like this doesn't look capable and Tom Holland does his stunts does a lot of his own stunts so the package total package and for those of you that are shitting in your pants because they took him back to when he was a kid dude that's when the character started he was a yeah. kid when he started. That is absolutely comic accurate. We are not. You should not have expected him to be the polished Spider-Man in these first couple of movies. Stop it. Stop it. No.
1: That's exactly it. But either way, I have been quite pleased with this overall.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. He he's nailed like the attitude. He has the attitude he down. He has like the awkwardness down. We'll see if he kind of develops. Like we know he's still smart. Like he's he's in Midtown School of Science and Tech.
0: I mean, he's, he designed his new suit in the last... yeah,
1: you know. Oh, well, he didn't design it, but he did hack it and everything else. Well, I mean, Tony Stark.
0: No, I'm talking about in the the one where um his suit got shredded in the last movie and then he went up to. Um, uh, Happy had him in the plane, and he. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that he was one. Putting this shit okay, together. Okay, yeah, you that's know?
1: fair. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He, he designed it. Yeah,
0: so they trying to they trying to get him to that. It, I, I understand your complaint because it was a similar complaint I had with Black Panther, where they show the warrior, but not necessarily the genius level. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I feel you.
1: But um, but here we are. Like we have him. We got a brief rundown of the origin. Yep. And the brief rundown was comic accurate. Yep. Powers. We have we have the the awkwardness and everything else. Yep. The quick wit we see the quick wit all the time, especially when he's like one example is perfect is when he's on the spaceship with Tony and Doctor Strange is like, hi. I'm Spider-Man. I'm Doctor <laughs> Strange. Oh, we're oh, using our made-up names.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> or it's like, I'm Peter Parker. <laughs> oh, we're <laughs> using our made-up names.
0: So funny. Doctor Strange has such an issue with... fucking his, with
1: his powers, name. he has, obviously, he has the strength. We saw that when, like, even in Civil War, when Winter Soldier took the swing at him and he oh, stopped his that that's so cool. <laughs> so no you- kid, normally people don't talk this much when they're fighting. <laughs> Another example of all the quick wit he has. So perfect. He obviously has the speed and durability.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, the spider sense. Agility. They didn't really touch it too much, but like in the first movie and even in Civil War, they just didn't really touch on it no
0: nah, we didn't get to see that till infinity war
1: infinity war they started bringing it up and then they mention it again in uh far from home they kind of expand on it a bit
0: yeah because that last that last scene well the last uh fight scene where that he's in that in that bridge that overpass and he's and he trying to reach oh man that shit was as a matter of fact the thing the only thing i didn't like about that it wasn't longer <laughs>
1: like, it was like awful. you even have him talking to Happy Hogan. It's like, yeah, i have like this sixth sense, you know? What what is what is his Aunt call it? Pete the
0: Peter Tingle. <laughs> the Peter Tingle.
1: <laughs> so could you stop calling it that? But he has, <laughs> again, he has the wall crawling. Yeah, oh yeah. He has that healing factor, which again, Spider Man does have. It's not it's not healing a factor to the extent that like most mutants with healing factors have. Right. But he does recover from injuries. And he's super durable, Far quicker. Remember in that movie, he got hit by that train. Yeah. Like he survived. He's durable, (laughs) but he he also recovers from injuries. He has quicker. Right. Right. Like he, Like, if it's a bruise or, like, a small cut or whatever, Mm -hmm. he's healing in hours. Yeah. Broken bone will probably take a little longer, but instead of having to be in a cast for, like, three weeks, a month, it's – he's going to be out for a week. Yeah.
0: One thing they didn't get, though, and I'm thinking that's because he's still very – he's still playing young. Part of Peter Parker's whole lot in life is he's broke. And they're always trying to yeah. pay the bill. So he's too young or he's still in school. So we haven't gotten and to that part yet.
1: In this one, they, they because of how they worked him in heavily through Tony Stark. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. That might, might not, not necessarily play as big a role.
0: Because he can get a job with Pepper. Pepper will hire him yeah. tomorrow. You know, so.
1: Or if he just decides to go full time with the Avengers when he grows up a little true, bit. True, true guarantee you everything's getting taken care of. Yeah. Not only that, but I guarantee you Tony set aside some money and stuff. Man, for him you already did. Just like he did with uh,
0: the other kid um, from the third movie, which I watched again uh, the other day um, because of us binging. Um, that was really the, the best. You know what I think most people couldn't stand uh, Yeah, Harley. Three. Harley. Harley. That's, That's his name, Harley. I think the reason most, most people could not stand that shit is because they didn't give us the real Mandarin. And I noticed... That and again, I had enough of bad I'll, I'll say of it again, team.
1: too, is that they also tried to do too much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Again, you're looking at two to three storylines. You're looking at AIM, Extremis, and Mandarin in one go. It's like you're doing too many.
0: And it's like, every time y'all do that, something suffers. And I yeah. feel like Mandarin suffers. I feel like you and y'all didn't really have the space and time. You didn't allow yourself to have the space and time to truly flesh out the real Mandarin. So and even this guy,
1: even Aim, kind of suffered.
0: Yeah, dude, that was nothing. Come on, we know what Aim is.
1: Remember, Aim, AIM a is a multinational, yeah. cor- well, not corporation, but group that has like. Every faction of it has its own leaders. Every, there's a, everything. There's like beekeepers, man. <laughs> they were beekeepers. Man. Yo, like, I, I would have lost it if I saw the beekeepers yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in a good way. That would have been. That would just been like, dope. just like I was stoked when we saw Mysterio with the fishbowl head. Right, right. That right, right, right. was amazing. Right. Because it is just so cheesy. That. <laughs> but it's a throwback to like again the original costumes the old tv shows yeah like i'm pretty sure mysterio still regularly uses that as his costume but it's like yo that's what we want to see right like electro we didn't get to see his og costume we didn't get to see the giant (laughs) lightning static star (laughs) star head you know it's like yo that would have been as cheesy as it is, it. I would have loved that. I would have lost it. I lost Instead it. we got the blue living Oh he Electro was almost more of a living laser, which is a different character. Yeah, true. You know? True, true. True. Like a blue version of Living Laser, and that's basically the Electro we got. Like I'm not saying it was bad or whatever, but, no, but it's nice to see that. some of those cheesy throwbacks, yeah. and that's exactly what it is. They are cheesy as shit. Yes, they are, but they, they we love them,
0: though. We love them. We love them. So,
1: overall, though, I, out of, overall, they've nailed the Spider-Man. I was about to say, out of three of them, yeah. they've done fairly damn well. They've done, they've
0: done, I would argue they've done better with Spider-Man and Batman, then they have a lot of the other characters. I'm going to add Iron Man to that too. They pretty much nailed Iron Man. Um, But Spider-Man? I I guess Spider-Man's hard to... He's hard to fuck up, man. He really is. Like He jumps, he swings, he scores. (laughs) Like, I mean,
1: it's it's hard to fuck that up. And yet, despite that... There's a lot of ways they could have screwed it up. Yeah. And overall, despite the flaws, though, Tom Holland, what I will say, the movies aren't necessarily super flawed. I will say, like, both those movies were top notch. They're solid. They're solid. But despite the flaws of the first two movies and everything, and this, and for the most part, minor complaints outside of Spider Man 3, where again, it was just sort of they did too much, and that's not necessarily Raimi's fault. That's not Toby's fault. Overall, they've done really good with the character. Agreed. Agreed. Like, there's a reason Sony hasn't given up exclusive rights to Spider-Man. And it is because you look at the stuff Fox has done and they've screwed up so much. Yes, they have. Look at some of the stuff Universal's done and they've screwed up so much. Yes, they have. Sony has actually done their work With when Spider it comes Man. to representing Spider-Man.
0: Because if you've never read the comic that,
1: book... They've done good.
0: Yeah, if you've never read the Spider-Man comic book and only seen the movies, you've seen Spider-Man. You've
1: seen Spider-Man, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You've seen Spider-Man. It's true. And, you know, I I always, again, I I bug my roommate about it a bit because he, he's a hardcore Spider-Man fan and he's like, every movie is the best Spider-Man movie. <laughs> I remember <Yeah>. them days. <laughs> but... But, you know, again, give them credit. The Spider-Man movies outside of Spider-Man 3 have all been really well done. I agree. And, and they all haven't gone with the same villains like you see with – look at all the different iterations of, of Batman. Uh, How many times have we seen the Joker? How many times have we seen – you know, it's the I mean, same. Times it, how
0: many times have we seen Lex Luthor? And and, and yeah,
1: I have it's a pet the same peeve: couple of villains. Yeah. Whereas with Spider Man, yes, you saw you saw Green Goblin, you saw Sandman, you saw Venom, you saw Rhino, Electro. You saw Electro. Yeah. You. It's like you saw Doctor Octopus. yes yeah. Mysterio. You saw Mysterio, Shocker, Vulture. Even if Shocker was more of a. A, I like them Easter though.
0: Egg. I like them though. I thought they, that they was so. Showed it. They, yeah. You
1: had vulture. You. They even had Easter eggs to scorpion in the first. you sure did. It sure, right? like, like, sure did. yo, they have shown such a variety of villains. They haven't. They haven't gone back to showing the same one or two villains. Could you imagine? In and, they, every in a, series. and DC it's gets away with that different. shit. You're seeing such a massive range of the characters. but DC And that's gets something away they need that, to focus though. on because so many of these guys have so many villains and you only know the main ones.
0: But, but Here, can you imagine, though, can you imagine if, like, we'd got six Spider-Man movies or six movies where Spider-Man appeared, right? Different characters all seven, and, and every, sorry, seven, and every single character, every single villain was a green god, a different version of the green goblin. We'd have been pissed. So, why do, yeah. how, why does DC get away with giving us Lex Luthor and the Joker all the time here? Take and, the Riddler and, and the Riddler, yeah. How, how do they get away with that? Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy,
1: yeah. But here's like they, they showcase so many of his different characters that all of them, like every one of the movies. You're not seeing a you might see the odd nod. Like I think there was a nod to Black Cat in the Amazing Spider-Man one. Yeah, it was. It was. There was like a subtle nod. Felicity, there, again, Felicity. there was a nod to the Green Goblin there too, but yeah. it wasn't a primary thing. Right. Right, you're seeing. You're seeing the variety. They're showcasing the variety. It's not it's no long. Yes, Green Goblin is his biggest villain it would have been easy for each one of the franchises to have a Green Goblin. Yeah, and we'd have been like, and, what about, but what about... And it's, it's kind of hard to fault them because, again, it is the big villain. Yeah, and but they're trying and, to get uh, brand you, you recognition. Could have, but yeah, instead, they've all shown different guys. who are going... Like, at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2, they tease Sinister Six. You yep. saw the Goblin Glider. You saw the the Dr. Octopus yep. arms. You saw the vulture wings. The rhino you saw was supposedly from that set as well, like yeah. the mech suit rhino. Right. Which, again, not necessarily a huge fan of that, but no. it kind of makes sense in how they were going about
0: things. Yeah. Um, the tech in that, in that universe, that version of the Marvel was Universe... Was nuts. Was nuts, so...
1: Yeah. So yeah, it's like, but they chose, they could have gone with the same two, one, two villains in every series, but they chose to branch it out and expand it. And that's something that so many of these guys could, should follow suit on. There's You're, you're seeing that with, for a reason. again, you're seeing that with Thor. Yeah. You, you could, would have been easy to go with Russell. just Loki as the and, villain in all yep. three movies. Yep. Yep. And you could have still told a good story, but they kind of branched out. And even though Loki wasn't necessarily heroic in the second one, he wasn't the main villain either. Nah, nah. In the third one, he was straight up an anti-hero. Yeah. He showed up, saved the day, Thanks. Ultimate, ultimately is like, you're the king, brother. And then yeah, he hung around. And yeah, he hung around. Yeah, he hung around yeah. And when Thanos came, he fought Thanos. Yeah. He died trying to, you know, save Asgardians. It's like, yo. Yeah. He, he made the turn. Like, he could have easily made it two or all three movies, Loki is the villain, and they branched it out. Right. Iron Man, they branched out some of the villains, even if they were similar in things. Justin Hammer, Whiplash, yeah. yeah. Iron Monger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, okay, they're kind of similar, but, again, a lot of Iron Man's villains
0: yeah, do happen and, to
1: be that's true. tech, tech villains who kind of build around
0: In fact, Tony
1: Stark. I'm you have, like, Crimson Dynamo's antagonist, right?
0: I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about it. The, the only one I would consider to be a Stark villain or was a main villain Stark for a while— that doesn't fin, deal fang, with him. Fang Foom or maybe the Mandarin. The Mandarin had them rings. Which is
1: the Mandarin they kind of tried to work in too, but they just, they screwed Trash. that up. They, but he's the they only still, one
0: they, that, that doesn't use tech-based anything. Yeah.
1: You know, and Fin Fang Foom being right. a literal dragon. And I also kind of understand why they chose not to go that route, given yeah. Yeah. E- even in modern days, they don't necessarily use him in the comics they much, because it is heavily uh, racial stereotypes, yes, not necessarily a positive man. Right, right,
0: right. So, so like
1: I, I know they. The last time they used him, they did kind of change it a bit. He's no longer, he's no longer a Chinese dragon. Yeah, with all the stereotypes, negative and positive about Chinese dragon folklore, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's. It became he's from an alien race,
0: right? They they, they try he's to trying, clean it up, but he's still so they're, not they're a trying great to, but it unfortunately,
1: up. it's he's no longer a super popular villain. Yeah, and was, until they clean up that origin a bit and retcon that till the point where it is, to be honest, no I was associated. never
0: a fan of Fing Fang Foom. I thought, okay, he was just there for me, he wasn't somebody yeah, I looked but, at it and went, oh, oh, it's Fing Fang Foom. No, nah, it doesn't really. Nah
1: no exactly but the fact that they've branched it out again with captain america they easily could have gone with
0: red skull red skull red Red skull
1: skull, red skull and hydra then baron Zemo, hydra then one of the other hydra yeah like there's a lot of hydra leaders and villains and that is ultimately the main recurring villain that he has. Instead, they chose the Re- World War II origin route. Yeah, and they chose to make instead a political thriller based around Winter Soldier. And it's like, you know what? Different take, but it worked. Yep. They they chose to branch it out instead of giving him a main villain like Hydra. Still the villain. Yeah. But they're not focusing on like Red Skull. They're not focusing on. The hierarchy; they're choosing to branch out and expand where they're going, and then civil war, which probably could have been an Avengers movie rather than a Captain America movie, but it's still it's still showcased a fair bit involving Baron Zemo and changing his origins
0: yeah, too. Yeah, plus, like, I, I'm I'm kind of glad they did it that way because I've always wanted to see more Marvel team up type movies and yeah. they seem to be going that route so i mean i know it's more expensive for them to get all well of now that we're right. going
1: into disney plus i imagine we're going to see a bit more of that from some of these guys yeah not necessarily all of them but again we got like falcon and winter soldier coming up we have wanda vision coming up we're, right. we're getting iron wars right or right. armor wars armor
0: wars and iron and yeah yeah
1: yeah well like They're going the route where we can possibly see a lot more of these guys. Right, right. A low key TV show, if you're telling me that, uh, like, okay, maybe season one, they don't necessarily bring in Thor or whatever. But if they do a season two, if you're telling me that we're not seeing Sif in the Warriors three at some point.
0: Yeah, because if he went, if this is a branching alternative reality, they're still alive. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, we could easily see this kind of thing. If you're telling me we're not seeing some more classic Thor characters, yeah, or even possibly cameos from other characters, like, if they're exploring time travel a bit and Kang appearing in Ant-Man 3, mm-hmm. if you're telling me that you're not maybe seeing some of that kind of stuff show up, or even a throwback to Endgame with all the time travel, see, like, Paul Rudd, like, Traveling back, even if it's like, you see him kind of appear in the background and then disappear again, right? Like you could see that kind of thing. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, like we are getting Bruce Banner, Hulk. We're getting Hulk in She-Hulk, right? Like, yeah, he's going to be there.
0: He's going to be there. Um like they've they, they, confirmed, they confirmed that. that. They confirmed that already. Um, and there's no telling on who else going to wind up in in that that we'll see that wind up branching off into other movies,
1: too. So So this will give a chance to really branch out the villains, too, which is, again, Spider-Man films have absolutely done that. The X-Men films didn't really do a whole lot of that. It was all Magneto.
0: Magneto all the time.
1: You had three movies of Magneto as the villain in the original trilogy. Yeah. You had...
0: You had Sebastian Shaw in the uh, prequel movie. Um, but of but course, leading into, it led into Magneto. Magneto being the villain. So yeah, and
1: then Apocalypse, where Magneto was the villain, and then kind of turned yeah, good. He had a face end. turn at the end, like, like it would have been so. Like, there's so many villains that they could have done that they didn't have to do of what, like nine movies total, mind you. Most of them were like. X-Men, yeah. or not X-Men, like Wolverine and Deadpool, but yeah. you had five movies there, but between the two main trilogies of the six movies, four of them, five of them were Magneto as the villain? Pretty, pretty much. much. It's... It kind of got repetitive, even if they nailed the casting as Mag- of Magneto in both trilogies. Right. Ian McKellen and... Uh, Oh, it's going to bug me. Uh,
0: Michael, Michael Fassbender.
1: Fassbender, yeah. Like, even though they both nailed the roles. Yeah, very much did. It's... You had five movies of Magneto being the villain. Or, at least, partway villain. Right. You could have done so much more, and that's... Give credit to Sony and the Spider-Man films. They... Easily could have fallen into that same trap, and it wouldn't have been hard for them to do it. You could have even forgiven them a little bit, but they actively went out of their way and showcased the variety of villains and characters within Spider Man.
0: Right. Well, also, you got to shout out Sam Raimi for teaching everybody how to present Spider Man swinging <laughs> on film. Yeah. That's all. But um, yeah, I feel like um, Spider Man is definitely the one that they nailed. One of the ones they nailed, pretty like pretty close to the comic book version. Um, if you guys think of any more, feel free to hit us up with them.
1: Feel yeah, because this it. is something we are absolutely doing another. Oh part yeah, on. we're gonna do it. We're gonna do another one
0: on this because we haven't even scratched the surface of. Um, the characters Heroes, that have been used. Villains, yeah. franchises. A whole bunch of that stuff. So, you got anything you're promoting
1: right now? Uh At the moment, no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I know you got some things coming I up here. I certainly do. So, this Sunday at
0: 12 noon on the Rise Podcast Show channel. Eastern. 12 Eastern, noon Eastern. 12 noon Eastern on the Rise Podcast. I and mean, that's Rise spelled with a Z. Uh, podcast Well, show.
1: I guess it won't be this Sunday by the time this comes out That's unfortunately. True. But That's true but anyway. If you check them out on YouTube.
0: Yeah, it'll still be there you'll get to see the podcast the Rise podcast that has the host uh, uh comedian Squeeze and along with two, both of the coaches of the WBC light heavyweight champion Javante Davis Calvin Ford and Kenny Ellis and basically, the show is going to be about sports and boxing and all that stuff, too. But it's also going to talk about other things, you know, that's out there. And and, and things, it, it, it's going to definitely get spicy because these guys got a lot to say. Um, I, you won't see me on it, unfortunately. I'm just producing it. But um, uh, me and uh, SBJ are, are producing it. But it should be dope. Um, if you're interested in that sort of thing, go check out that channel. Or if you're on Instagram, mostly, if you go to um, at Coach Calvin Ford, we'll also be streaming it for a time on Instagram. So you can check that out there too. Um, I'm really excited about it. It's actually a really big deal, especially for our little conglomerate over here. So This is a
1: project that has been some time in the making
0: here. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to... Um, um, that's gonna be out there and that's at 12 noon eastern time you can find like I said on YouTube on the is, is this going show. to be a weekly thing this, is or is a, this this is a weekly thing
1: okay um, so weekly thing. the first episode will not be or will be late for when this comes out yeah but every episode after that 12 noon Eastern that's on right. Sunday that's right
0: it will be there um I'm looking forward to seeing you guys there um so for my man super Saga, I am Tombstone the Dead Man. We are Metas in Mutants, and we are out of here. Peace.